0: may contain naughty language and explicit content, you have been warned.
1: Welcome to Hammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast, bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. Stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Face Hammer episode 86. It's me, Russ the Face, and as you can see if you're on YouTube, I'm joined by Les Martin and Byron Ord. Hiya. Hiya. How's it going, guys? Yeah, yeah, it's bad.
0: Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm Ooh. good. I'm really
1: good. Um, really so- that I have a 40k model, obviously, here. <laughs> just s- just in the background. It. You don't have to hide your shame, Byron. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I can show yeah, way more I'm- 40k shame behind me. Yeah, I put my forty k shame in the other room. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Um, so we're all excited for forty k. Byron for painting, me
2: and Russ <sighs> for hobby.
1: Yeah, and um, obviously we had an exciting weekend of pre-orders that went up. You'll hear no complaining about Indomitus in this chat. Yeah, so I've had a
0: really panel. straightforward couple of weeks. Yeah. I love my life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We've every word of that as well. Um, <sighs> so, what have you? Just before we get into, we're going to talk about the general's handbook today. Um, mm-hmm. But before we get into that, have you guys been up to anything fun, hobby, that sort of? Stuff?
0: I played a game with a bone splitters list, but I guess we'll probably get to that some point later. I've not painted anything,
1: but you've We've done. done some, you've been game. doing some videos for AO, haven't you, and stuff? And yeah, a lot actually. D yeah. stuff and
0: mm-hmm. so this just is
1: several fish. It looks awesome.
0: Thank you.
1: Yeah, he's done. I've somehow got to involve green in
0: it because I said I would. Um, like actual green, actual green, green. Yeah, actual proper, like, verdant jade green. I have no mm-hmm. idea how i going to make that work but yeah I do like that, that.
1: <laughs> 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 has it got light
0: you do at lights <laughs> I could do I guess um yes yeah, so I've been doing some of that I've been like three times a week minimum uh recording me painting stuff there's been new stuff so I've learned quite a lot through the process of it like absolutely tons I discovered my latest discovery is that if you mix a ink with a base paint you get one coat coverage from a Brush, brush, not an airbrush over black, just whatever you want, pretty much. So, for example, if you've got zero's purple and you're trying to get it to cover over black, if rather than adding a bit of water in there, you add a couple of drops of ink, it makes mm-hmm. it more potent, which is good for various other things, it makes it more liquidy, which is only a, a plus, and it means that it just covers the coverage is perfect anywhere, mm-hmm. however thin or thick it is. So, I keep finding little incidental things like that that I'm actually quite excited about um, oh, and no. haven't applied yeah. to any of my own stuff whatsoever. Have you used oh, any uh, of those yeah.
1: artists' acrylic Dalen Rowney acrylic inks? Uh no, the ones they the droppy ones. Yeah. They're yeah. Everyone cool. seems to be using them. Yeah. I did um I watched a video by Vince Ventrillo um on his um Imperial Fist Captain, which I've been doing a tour on with that, that I started and um using like the white ink to xenophore the yellow and then and then do a, a filter of the yellow ink over the top of it. And it really does pop um i would recommend anyone with an airbrush to uh get a couple of those and try them out because they are um they are awesome i think they're the ones that um marco frazzoni on youtube
0: not just mecca's been yes, using yes he does yeah he uses yeah.
1: liquitex as well ah uh, that's it yeah
2: yeah so um andy wardle's been using uh, i think in their court of brush or court of paint um paint. youtube videos yeah he's been doing the adding ink to the colors and stuff um which was really good on this sister of battle, um' sort of like YouTube guide, so I really enjoyed that so
0: um again, that's something that I need to look into after yeah you. I've been using intensity from scale seventy five um which just worked. I've only done it once, but honestly, it's one of those things that you do, and when you've undercoated something pretty sizable in like four minutes perfectly by brush, at that point you're in the realms of being faster than an airbrush because you didn't yeah. have to set it up. you just put shit in your dippy well palette and then rocked on mm.
2: Mm-hmm. That's, um, yeah, that's exactly. really good. That's really good to sort of like a, a skill to know. or maybe I should pick up some intensity. I've never really, I've sort of like it's so good. Sort of like gone away from using the non-GW paints recently. I've just like for the last like year or so, I've just been using all GW and like mixes of those as opposed to um, you know the scale. I went down the scale route when you first got yeah. the element, and then um, then kind of just moved back into using the GW. I find that I'm using loads of contrast paints now, not for the like obviously, I'm not using it for the the, the advertised reason. Like I'll be, yeah. you know, using it as a wash or using it as part like a fifty-fifty mix with that. And Dropping it into other stuff is great. Yeah, yeah. really, really Risa, good. Recess shading stuff, um, like a glaze, like watering it down because it's quite intense color-wise. So I did a lot of the um the cloth on the the Lumina, uh the Dark Angels. People saw those online, and um, you know, it's just a case of like you spray it, bone and then you get Skeleton Horde or Snakebite, and then just dilute it like a glaze and just like build it up over two, or three layers and then you've got like a really smooth transition into the shade in the recess of the cloak. Yeah. Kind of like what Perry does. Terry does it with sc- scrag brown. I do it with um Snakebite, the, the contrast paint. So yeah. Quite yeah. Like you guys,
1: any hobby? Um I've been experimenting with green stuff rollers. Um and not using green cool. stuff but using Super Sculpey and baking. It looks so, awesome. Yeah, I I it took me a while to get the technique down, but now I'm pretty happy with the the method, um, using baking clay. I mean, the clay isn't cheap cause it's, it's like the high quality stuff I've used, um, and using like the best lubricant in the world for it, which is flour actually, just yeah. normal okay. baking flour. Um, <laughs> and I got myself a pasta machine, um, to roll the clay into a consistent sheet. Um, and then you can roll tips. the roller on that after you've basically rubbed it with flour. Yeah, and then use a disc cutter to cut them out. Pop them on the baking tray. Put it back through the roller. Rinse, repeat. Um, so I've done a whole army's worth of bases, um, for an AOS project, which I'll keep to myself. Exciting. And, um, then I've also done a Necron army's bases. Um, and I was using the rollers from Green Stuff World, uh, which you now stock at Element, don't you? Yeah, do. So you've got those, so um yeah so you can pop over and i'll put a link on the website to go to and the page so you can order them from there but um yeah i'll try clay... and get a link in the video
2: as well like <laughs> if we can here somewhere to be able to be able to click that's through. the
1: clay i used um and you get this kind of effect is awesome it's so it's consistent yeah. and it's that allowed me to get that 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 thickness by well, so you say more. it's
0: expensive, but it's like resin bases are oh, way more expensive
1: compared to compared to green stuff. It's not. It's just if you look at modelling clays, it's probably the most expensive clay you can yeah. buy because you're not buying it by like... like you can buy, actually, you can buy this stuff which is air drying, which is really cheap. It's like yep. two quid. Yeah, not two pounds like, like that. But for it's for horrible, those that aren't off to Yeah, for those that aren't watching,
2: what is it? Is it das clay. Uh, I can't DAS, see the name, DAS name of it. Dasmo DAS DAS clay. And clay. Yeah, um, and, and it's super, super sculpy.
1: Sculpt-y. Um, medium blend is the stuff yeah. that I use for.
2: Um, we'll get a Russell tweet a picture of it, at, like at the end, so we can see. So, like, if you want to like
0: have a reference point in case you don't watch the video or the video doesn't go live, then We'll see Russ's finished my, uh, finished bases, but not his models because
1: they're. No, yeah. exactly. But I've got like a stack of um, toppers for my Necrons, so you can see there, there's a stack of toppers Sweet. ready to go and when it... my Indomitus turns up. Sorry, guys, hey, I've got it... one on pre-order.
2: Yeah, and it doubles up, mate. You can make, like, mini pizzas now as well because you've got all the <laughs> like, pasta things, can't you, like?
1: do need <laughs> like, it. You Disclaimer, a... do not eat Super Skull. Pee Super Skull, yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: and um, don't make your bases out of pizza, dough.
1: Yeah, because that um, Unless, be unless you're making a pizza, then as uh, a the base. It's entirely appropriate. <laughs> um, so, yeah. um, but one thing I will say about the Das um, Modeling Cloud, because I watch one of Marco's videos. So um, Marco's got a video on... On using it and it's quite messy but he mixes it with pva because the dash modeling clay is quite brittle but oh, if you mix really it smart. with pva it gains some elasticity and you yeah. can um you use it but it does look like a pig to work with i think it's better for stuff like scenery yeah. rather than for bases of models that's i'm a little bit of a perfectionist so i don't like i want mine to look very neat so i didn't want to use well, it that's that as so. well yeah well Took some Definitely. time. It took some experimentation. So,
2: between you and Terry, doing sort of like Terry did those um, mechanical bases,
0: didn't you? And then you've done those with super scorpio I think it's something that I'm probably going to look into at some point. Yeah, it it's a super good easier. way to do something cool. Like yeah, it's going to yeah. look really distinctive when you've got it on the table. It'll look amazing. Mm-hmm. So right, I had a massive
1: headache Like, well, when I did my like I I used the factory roller and I used Milliput and green stuff mix, and I had a yeah. massive headache trying to get it flat. And I ended up doing flat sheets. And then I would, when it was dry, I would stick the bases to it and almost treat it like wheels paving and like clip round it and sand it. But it is such a pain. So this is so much easier because you don't you don't need to sand it. You don't need to do. So I basically made an army's worth of base in 45 minutes, including the baking time. That's really good, yeah. dude. And all you do is yeah. glue it to the base. Um, and because Green Stuff World cutters, you get the two sizes. You'll get like 38 mil and a 40 mil. And the 38 mil is just the size for the beveled edge topper. Of the um, of the base and the forty mil is the bottom of the base. So if you use MDF bases, you could use the forty mil. But if you um, use GW bases, you could use thirty eight mil, and it doesn't look out of the ordinary.
0: Yeah, practice,
2: and so. I suppose you can always not use the cutter if you've got bigger bases, and then sort of like break it once it's done, and then you do like you noticed, it looks like
1: yeah. It's just pure laziness. You can make your own out of a coke can. So all you'd have to do is <laughs> cake, take. A coke can, cut it down, cut the top or bottom off, cut it, cut the coke uh, down the side and lay it flat, or a beer can if you're into that. Then uh, you know your Fosters if you want a bigger one, Uh, or your Monster Relentless if you're Dan. Um, Then you (laughs) do that, and then you basically just you could roll it to the size you wanted, and just you know um, somehow seal it, either like stick it together or staple it or whatever, stick it with sellotape. Mm -hmm. Then you've got a cutter that's custom to the size you want it to be, even the shape. Like If you really wanted to. But actually, I found after you've done this stuff and it's baked, you can cut it with a knife and you can clean it up like green stuff. So you don't need to worry too much if it's a little bit irregular. What if you have ovals? Is that more difficult? What, you mean like this one? Yeah. No, because they do oval cutters as well. Sweet. (laughs) If you've got big ovals, like night bases, yeah, probably a bit tricky. But um, I would probably suggest you doing that. Uh, with some other stuff on the base to break it up, so you do it in sections. There, but you yeah. could literally awesome. roll a sheet of it, put the big base on it, and just cut around it. Yep. If you really turn the base to. upside down,
0: so you've got the top of the base for the chamfered edge, draw around it, and then
1: yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could do it the other way, and then just trim it after it's baked. Um, yeah. but I think I think you've got to just um play around with it and see what works for you. Like I've got to do I've got to do a base for one of the models which I don't have a cutter for um so i have to work out a way of doing it but i'm probably going to use the oval cutter twice because it will fit it will fit in this oval yep. so if you imagine you do that then you put you turn it that way then do that you're going to end up with a circle got you yeah so um people are going to be guessing now. what's he doing <laughs> <laughs> amazing well we can
0: come to it we can come to it in the next episode uh maybe we'll see
1: um but yeah that's the that's kind of what i've been playing around with a little bit, and. So I've been doing a bit of hobby. Um, I've been building Necrons as well, which isn't really AOS, but yeah. I think because of the the whole COVID thing and because a lot of my gaming comes at events, um, I, I my motivation to paint armies and do lists is is for playing at events and because there are no yeah. events, I'm like I've got loads of hobby to do, but I'm I'm just doing it as and when I feel like it. You're not know, locked into a, uh, so I can. I mean I've got I've got an iron jaws project that I started that I want to finish off as well. So um and I'm just sort of slow burning and chopping around between these two projects and I've got some other stuff on the on the cards and yeah, so it's you know, just get on with stuff as it arrives and I do want to revisit my Nurgle as well. But um I've managed to get another
2: five of my Luminef about eighty percent done. and I've been working on some for Brian Carmichael as well. So like I've been doing uh, so, I've done 10 of Brian's wardens that he's uh, getting me to do. So, I've been doing that as well. So, I'm going to be thoroughly sick of leaving by the end of it all. Um, but yeah, yeah the, the, it's, it is what it is. I can't see me playing at a tournament this year um, just because of the way things are
0: with COVID and stuff. So, I'd love to go help. to one. Like, even yeah. a one day out, I'd just be so excited at the prospect of attending yeah. anything with friends. <laughs> like, maybe. I'd love
2: to maybe if like the boys do sigmas and it's safe later on in the year like in december i'll go to that but realistically like uh, i'm just going to chip away at my luminaf the idea being is that i'm not don't want to rush it and i want to get them all done and nice and good to go you know for next year because that's it's my dream sort of like I army mean, i love them all i want to do is play them so um i think there's lots of different lists um and that's like kind of where i am so really i've just been paying in more luminaf um and obviously um looking into like reading through the handbook when that turned up and uh, I pre-ordered my Indontus as well, which was really good. So looking forward to adding to my Dark Angels when I get around to it. But there's no real deadline for me. It's all about just doing the ho doing the thing that I, I used to love in the hobby, which is just slowly building up a force. And then once that's done, like you know next year, 2021, I imagine then it'll be I'll be be a bit more excited to go and
1: play at tournaments. So yeah, so we um yeah. we're gonna talk about the the general's handbook
2: yeah we've all got ours in front of us so you'll you'll probably hear flipping
0: of pages and stuff (laughs) yeah you you will especially when i do this
1: we will give you page references so
0: everything we're talking about we'll make sure to say page whatever and then you can follow along at home and disagree or agree with our opinions yeah, but don't at us and though, because we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> of course. A a we had an amazing response to our kind of last minute asking of questions. So we will get to those at the end of the podcast if you stick around for that. And um, some of them were really good. So thank you. Yeah. Um,
1: so I think really obviously people who don't know what the general's handbook is who's just started AOS or maybe they're just they're like what are you talking about I mean I'm, I'm assuming most people watching this know what it is so this is the kind of the yearly <clears throat> book that is kind of sits over the top of the core rules that adds some nuances to open play narrative play and match play we're not going to talk about open narrative play because we're a match play we're kind of that's our hobby we we generally don't that's something about cool Birds stuff. of Glory or whatever it is. Birds of Glory. Uh, <laughs> the, the the rules it's for the skies air of Slaughter and stuff in there. Is it yeah. Skies of Slaughter? Yeah. Skies uh, of Slaughter. Actually, ironically I am tempted to try that out because it does look fun, but you've got in the uh in the book there's also like this stuff about the anvil of apotheosis but I'm, we're not really going to talk about that because i know some people are talking about it for match play but and we've got some questions on it we'll probably address that at the end but i'm not going to go into that because it's it's weird and it's it's not in the match play section so in my head i like it
2: uh, i think it's cool yeah. but like i just for personally i don't think there's a place
1: very match play but we can you know we're no, and side. even even bizarrely, in match play, there's three different ways to play, and one of them is pitch battles, one of them is meet and engagement, and the other one is coalition, and we're probably only going to take about pitch battles. so We're really stuck in our ways, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I don't need any more rules. Let's have less rules. That is my overriding <laughs> opinion. <laughs> Everything to
0: do with the game, and we'll get to it when we talk about armies at the end as well. Now, we'll be given a comprehensive lowdown of the bits of... The match set match play section of the book which we think are going to affect how people play and enjoy the game and things you want to not get caught out by and stuff like that so
1: yeah yeah probably
0: that. aimed at tournament play aren't we so yeah um, but yeah. if you're
1: playing at home casually then it's good to know how the rules work regardless so hmm, exactly um so i guess we should talk about some of the little nuance changes starting on like the 72 which is um Ew. there's a new special rule isn't there <laughs> it's one hell of a nuance isn't it yeah oh, yeah
2: I think it's really cool. Uh,
1: I do. Can like I read it. it.
2: You can yeah. read it if you like Byron. I
0: think it is literally called special rule, uh, made <laughs> especially for me. Uh, you cannot make more than one dice roll, excluding rerolls, to negate a wound or mortal wound that has been allocated to a model. If you could use more than one ability to negate allocated or to negate allocated wounds or mortal wounds, you must pick which ability you will use. So, like, that means you're not going to get a five up followed by a five up, five up, five up, five up vermin lord players or if you're playing with a rogue idol, like I was the other day, you're not going to get a 5-up because it's a rogue idol followed by a 6-up because bone Bonesplitters, for example. Um, you will still get your B yeah. rolls if you're a cheeky daughter as a cane or other people.
1: Yeah, so it's it's some people... I did do a bit of a, a fishing tweet um, last weekend for this because um, I, a few of the WhatsApp groups I'm in with with a couple of the local gamers, they, they were talking about it and they were asking questions like... Does this mean I don't get my Nurgle save? Does this mean I don't get this? Because the sequencing of attacks is really important because this happens after you allocate. So this after saves. So basically, um, you you don't allocate those wounds until you've done all your saved and worked out how many are caused. So you do get your armor save. Then you do get an, what we call a after save or ward save, if you use the old English for it. Um, so it only really affects things that have double after saves. So yeah. Normally, stuff like, you know, Nurgle, on Mystical, or something like that, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. uh, yeah. Death players might have, you know, uh, a, a mechanic which allows them to save mortal wounds and then say, do a death save on top of it, you know, like yeah. the gash or something like that. So.
0: The, the common ones are going to be you cast an effect, which possibly is an AoE or possibly targets a unit, which does this. So let's say you're playing in death and you've got a six up because you're you death, um, and then you cast a spell which gives you a five up, you would only have the five up. Well, yeah, it's so so like choose, unholy,
1: yeah. unholy Vitality and Flesh Eaters, for example. Yeah, exactly. So you get your 5-up and get your um 6-up and your 5-up. Or you have an army-wide
0: special thing, but then the thing you're taking is particularly resilient, therefore it's got a 4-plus invulnerable save anyway, and you wouldn't get the 4-up followed by the 6-up. Interestingly, it does say you can choose, so if you want your thing to die for any reason, which does sometimes come up, you can choose to use the worst save. It's not you must use the best one.
2: Yeah, it's a good point. It just means yeah, it just means like with Death is like Russ said, is you're not going to be five
0: up, six up, and then next to mystical six up it's just gonna be like you just pick the five up and go on with it. It speeds up yeah. things. are some spell laws that have a lot of like incidental protection as well. Like some things will give you uh an effect and then you've also got a six up until your next hero phase. Um yeah. maybe you
1: don't see that as much of a bonus now because you can't have it on top of other things. I think um <clears throat> what's good about it in in a way is that for example, if you're playing like Flesh is, and you've got a unit of something and you're like, oh, I'll, I'll cast an Holy Vitality on, normally it's on the Guys, but let's just say you put on a unit of Crypt Horrors or whatever, launch them across the table. You're not going to be like, oh, I've got to get a hero within range to get a six up as well.
0: That because is- it doesn't do anything.
1: So yeah. Yeah. like you, you, or you go, I'll put this unit of skeletons on this bit of Mystical. And you're like, well, actually, I don't need a hero near them now because... The death that's save is re- irrelevant so, yeah, so that's hmm. restrictive
0: it encourages uh, it gives you more options for more open play because you're not obsessing about getting like multiple value out of the same mechanic
1: yeah and I think really it's such a nuance small change but what it does do is it stops um, it stops players you know having to sit there while you roll lots of dice for minimal effect you know and it can kind of be a little bit frustrating. When they've rolled an armor, they've rolled a ward. Then they're rolling another ward, and you're just like, oh, "Come on, I just wanted something to go through." Some people um, are just as tough, though, aren't they? Anyone who's got a five up with a re-roll is still just as tough as they
0: were. Yeah, I mean, it
1: yeah. doesn't really change the resiliency of many units. It's just, um, it just speeds up gameplay a little bit. I, I, I kind of wish it was. I kind of wish it was just one save, like ward or armor. I don't know. Yeah, like, bit of weird. Yeah. It, even it's though I played there. Death and Nurgle, it's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> i think <laughs> Maybe I just hate myself. I don't know. <laughs> it's like the challenge. Um, I mean, um, yeah. like, we've all been
2: there, haven't we? Where we've been playing against somebody and they've just gone, like, right, I just need to put like two wounds through. And it's like, armor save, right, save one of them, five up save, fail it, six up save, fail it. And you're like, it's fine. Then they pop the six up and then it means that you win or lose the game. Whereas, yeah, like, yeah, table yeah. yeah, I've
0: yeah, lost, then, lost yeah. Against uh, Nagash a lot. Yeah. So, exactly that. So, it does make a really big difference to certain lists and certain um, well, scenarios or spells or whatever, but certain decisions whether you include something or not. Maybe yeah. now the fact that something's got 16 wounds and a load of those are going to be saved with the 6 up that followed the 5 up, uh, we're talking about after saves here, it, that is a consideration here is effectively like the amount of dice you're going to roll in a game if he's regenerated so that's maybe like 4 or 5 wounds over the course of a battle which is a big difference in terms of whether something dies or not.
1: It means you only yeah. able to get one save against mortal wounds, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, so that's the biggest role.
0: Yeah,
2: does Maybe that then make, make more or more powerful? Do you think? Don't I fall. think so. Well, I mean, I know that. Yeah,
0: yeah, I do. I completely say <laughs> so. It also makes things that have a a special save. <laughs> I know we're talking about a special, <laughs> but a special save like <laughs> Marathi is all the more special now because her thing is not that. Uh, for example, yeah, so it's a cap, isn't it? So yeah, anyone who's got something that is a different version of a way to be super resilient
1: is now all, all the right. more unique. Which is yeah, well, like how we ignore play. a spell on a four. You know, yeah, that's exactly. not a save technically, but you could ignore the spell. Maybe It goes yeah. through. You did mm-hmm. damage, then you get a save anyway. So exactly, yeah. So yeah, I like interesting. Things. I mean, it's a small change, but it's an
0: it's awesome. a small change. And then for some units or armies, it's a massive change.
1: So there's only one uh, other thing on this page really that that's probably worth talking about. It's and a that's big the... one for enjoyment and not doing things again, again, again. Yeah, I. A part of me so it's it's the endless spell cap. So you can have up to three endless spells now. And I can't think of any time I've ever put more than three or even three endless spells in a list, but then I'm not Tom Maudsley. So or, uh... like or Zeech players <laughs> or that have got player, like or, or Ricky McCallie, like you know, because like, you know because I don't hate people. Like, because the enjoyment of my game isn't focused on the misery of my opponents, so I've never written a <laughs> list of local <laughs> enemy
0: spells. So, this is fantastic. Um, it's really, I think this is a big deal, and it's only a positive thing, and it makes you think more carefully about what you put in your list. and You don't end up just taking something that's 10 points, so it can get in the way and kind of secondary, like, crappy effects like that. I'm, I'm down. It's three per player, isn't it?
1: Mm. Yeah, I, it's, uh, yeah, it's each, so it's like your your army can have up to three um i think endless spells i think we talked about on another show when we were talking about like what would you change or, or maybe it was when i was guested on someone else's i can't remember but endless spells like the cap of cast dispelling one in a turn it makes that issue bigger because if someone can drop five then that's the entire game you can only get rid of those five without them recasting another one so i think having a cap of three does mitigate that a little bit but um yeah, it's okay. I mean, I don't I don't think it really affects anyone. I know some people have talked about git's list that affected, but I think free is still enough, right? I mean, uh, it is, you just take the ones that make sense more. Um you just you just have to make a choice of which ones are important. Um but yeah,
2: I think like with uh you know, with Zeech and stuff like that like there's a lot of uh, there was a lot of, before obviously there's the each book comment there was a lot of people using in change host to pin people in um you know it was a very valid tactic against fire slayers for a long time because you could just you know get the, those end the spells in front of people um you know i think Hollowheart will probably struggle because of the amount it relies on those spells um Aww. you know yeah poor not like me i played a tournament with that list and it is dull <laughs> um and um also the the vermin lord list like not that we're seeing like you know a great many of those around and i mean we're not seeing anything fire, 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 like, fire. What's the thing? yeah but it's um I just don't think that you're going to like. I mean, ultimately, I you, mean, you could both put have the tools you need on the table.
0: Yeah. Like, you just have to yeah, select them. It, rather than I can take as many as I like as long as I have the points, now it's a resource to be managed, which is far more. I mean, like,
1: you could take, you could take, like, you know, like if you play like Gitch, you could take Scuttle Tide or whatever it yeah. is they do, and then two others, like Geminids and Shackles. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still a significant amount yeah. of board control. Yeah. Um, so.
2: What I was going to ask you guys is do you think now with the cap of three that we're just going to see the most? Because, like, how many times have people just slotted in like Quicksilver swords or like the you just got the points and put in sort of like uh, was it Garak's Nashing yeah. more? Like, do you think that they just go away now? We just don't see those because there's you're always going to take the most effective mortal wound output or range threat be it the portals or, or bridge. I think do it's going to be.
0: Yeah, a lot more, a lot more targeted. But yeah. people were anyway. People were choosing the best yeah. anyway, and they're the ones that they were more likely to cast.
2: And, and then the other But then slotting in the ever stuff. I think. Do you think now that like when you, we'll never see quicksilver swords on the table now because people just will, if they're taking three, they're cheap. You're, you're only going to take the better ones.
1: But you don't. People who were slotted those in weren't taking three. They were taking one because they had twenty points left over. Yeah, right? but like, so, I
2: say that. But in the hallow heart list, it slotted in because it was like so cheap. Yeah, you know,
1: but hallow is it, like, an exception. I think and, those. Those style lists, personally, and I'll talk from my own personal experience, okay. I hate them. I don't think... <laughs> I this don't, is my, yeah. be my own, own personal experience is on. I hate them. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. it's not. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I don't agree. It's like playing 7th edition again. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. put yeah. someone on the they table, know, nobody like, can move yeah. over, nobody can move around. Models yeah. can't move because they're pinned in by a spell, which makes yeah. no sense whatsoever. You're like, oh, so this thing that I can set up means that Archeon can't move. Fucking yeah. Archeon. Like, it also, what? Um, uh, I I think it's nice that
0: like flyers don't have that many bonuses in the game. Um, they they had them anyway, but big monsters also in general. There's there's a lot of downsides to playing with, uh, I don't know, a stonehorn or uh, so like I played with a rogue idol recently or something like that. Investing that many points and having some huge literal behemoth unable to step over like a like a in. IRL, some, like, some, some hand, from, handcuffs, uh, they're put down next to them. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. you know, yeah. Like it, I think it's nice, because it, it is a consideration. Also, um, people taking big blocks, like, they have always been part of our game. People love or hate Death mm-hmm. Stars. But if your army's theme is, mm-hmm. I've got this one badass unit, and it's going to do what it is, to have that hemmed in by two 20-point things that someone doesn't even care if they damage you or not, it's just crappy. So... Um, making people consider what spells they put in more carefully, I think, is only a good thing. I
2: think the Triumph's going to have more game effect long-term than the 20-point, 30-point Endless spell that I'm going to put in. That's how I approach
1: would... it. Good Yeah, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I see what you're saying. Um, I think it's down to personal preference. Some people yeah. would like, prefer Palisade to protect like their character.
2: Mate, Palisades, um, in, if I take Techless, Palisades in every single one of my Luminifer lists. Every single one. Because right, if like, I've got why would Lady
1: Linda, I want Palisade. Yeah. You know, yeah. It
2: depends on your Cause army. Because but... you, it's, it's there and it just means that you don't get but, shot off. But right. you're right. It's you're
1: ridiculous. weighing it up against the Triumph, right? Which you may or may exactly. not get. So you, that's a choice you make at list design. And I think, no? I think anything that makes you take choice is good. So the problem... With those other lists, is that you didn't really have to choose too much. You could just, I've got five hundred points. I'll just chuck everything in. Yeah, Whereas you now you're like, you don't. You bring your carrier bag of malign sorcery scrolls, like tossed in. You know, in brown ink. Yep. To you, yeah. you have to actually decide which free you you're going to lovingly paint yeah, and take. Your
2: bin bag full of spells, Tom. Also, yeah. <laughs> <The> spells. <laughs> <Yeah. don't
1: laughs> the spells.
0: Spell too bag list gone There's it's just snow. one spell that's gone up. So people. <clears throat> Knew what points they are. They can still hold that in their heads, and if they do have the 20-30 points spare, then they've got the same
1: considerations they had.
2: I went up, Byron, just out of interest.
1: Um, bridge. Yeah, bridge yeah. is hundred now. So, I don't uh, think. I think there might be some changes on Pacific Army, but we're not going to go into points. Uh, details okay. today,
0: so South oh. Screen Bridge um,
1: and the Engine went up, went up, which is a Scenery War Scroll. Um, so Triumphs, then. Yeah, um, we're now back to the original three, aren't we? Which is I'm happy. Yeah. about. yeah, I am. I want like I'm, I'm gonna bang on about this a lot, but I want less rules. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like there's too much things for me to consider about and manage, and I, yeah, I'm super pleased by this. So just to refresh people's memory, rather than having like a million to roll from, you're either gonna get, um, uh, reroll hits in one phase, uh, reroll wounds in one phase or reroll saves in one phase. So you have a D3 chance of getting three things that are super good, and one of them doesn't give you a means to battle or shock or something potentially game-breaking like that. Obviously, all of them are effective, but mm-hmm. I liked the triumph mechanic. I think it made people really seriously consider where their points were going to be landing at. And when it got diluted, it just stopped being so much of a consideration. I, I like balancing of resources and considerations, which is just what we've
1: discussed with spells. And I think this fits with that perfectly. I think it makes the triumphs more appealing as well because yeah. like when I was playing like Bone Reapers, if I rolled like get extra command point, I'd be like, oh, what? yeah, what are you know. going to
2: do with it? They, they all weighed up and they were all good, but I feel like now there's definitely you you wouldn't be more hard done by. I think you'd, most people would be going for the wounds, like you know you'd be like sorry there's armor saves, you'd be like right, I've got roll armor saves, that's brilliant. Um, but I think there's a place for hits wounds in in the game, like they are quite yeah, swingy. they come win.
1: Wounds and is not it? Yeah, wounds, wounds is
0: massive. Is... <laughs> wounds is the stealth yeah. power choice, I think, because the other yeah. two are widely available throughout the game anyway. Even yeah. if it's not a full, you get to reroll ones or yeah or whatever. Um, especially with rerolls after modifiers, it gets a bit less obvious. But um, reroll wounds is really really good, and yeah. a lot of the time you can buff your big beastie to make it twos to hit, which is amazing, and you might get reroll ones to see charged or something like that. Anyway, and then you get to your wounds, and you've still only got. You've only got a two in three chance of them getting through, so reroll yeah. wounds is big. If you're if you're wounding on a four or a three, rerolls on that is extremely reliable. And um, yeah, I it doesn't look sexy or exciting, but I was always super super impressed by what it added in terms of predictability to like death stars or a monster or whatever. Hits was always a disappointing result,
1: wasn't it? You know, yeah,
2: yeah, on I think roll, it's even. I think it's even less appealing now because, like, obviously with the command abilities of the reroll ones for hits, like you've almost got that. Most things are hitting on threes anyway, right?
0: Yeah, like three.
2: You ones can then you roll if it you, yeah, like yeah, I mean, it's handy if you you've got it outside of that command ability range of your general or your hero. But I think you know, like I said, I think there isn't much in the game that allows you to reroll wounds.
0: No, there no. Really one is. of the
1: good, I think one of the good things. I'm just going to double check it before I speak and end up looking like an idiot. Is that? um you can re-roll hit rolls. So it doesn't say failed hit rolls. So if you're if you've got some unit that pops yeah. mortals on a five or a six,
0: go you fishing. can fish
1: for those. Super so point. Yeah. it's um that's the power because a lot of the, the other hit a bit is like re-roll ones, whereas actually you might mm. go, Well, I've got a thing that means that on a six I do a mortal and I'm fighting certain that's super armor save. This is how Russ kills Stardrakes with spirit hosts. Yeah, so that's uh I I yeah, I used to love Geminids, my own spirit host, so they couldn't even hit it normally. So we could bounce through <laughs> and so get an armor save. <laughs> yeah, I the, love this you stuff. put like geminids through your own <laughs> unit and go, well, you're minus one to hit and so am I. But I don't want to hit you, I just want to do mortals on sixes. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, great. it's uh yeah. The um yeah, spirit host man. get me right there. Uh, Nighthawks. They love re-roll saves. They, they, they love Revolve any saves. triumph. Oh well <laughs> saved for the Nighthorn army, you're just like, yeah, they're have die this turn. <laughs> so, Amazing. But yeah, so triumph. Subtle, subtle change, but back to how it was. I,
0: I prefer that. Yeah. I love good. it. Yeah, All nice. this stuff I'm like tick, 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 tick. They could have made endless spells too,
1: and I would have been happy also. Could just been <laughs> No. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, I like endless spells, I'm joking. Don't don't quote. Me on I, that. I am messing so I that. love endless small models. I think
2: they're amazing. I think the idea and like the, the the reason they're in the game is brilliant. I just hate the way that tournaments the use them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the problem I had with all those endless spell lists, they weren't about using the spell for what it did. They were about using Except the spell to done. put a light a wall down. So it exactly. wasn't about the effect the spell had. It was about how big is the model and how many things can I pen in with it. But we've got the you know the the battle plans. But I think. Maybe before we talk about that, we talk about the quite a big change, um, especially if you're a tournament organizer, and that's the um, auxiliary objectives, page one hundred and eight. Um, and then we can talk about the realms in a minute. But and and malign sorcery, we'll do that in a minute. So, what oh, else we do that now? Probably do that now. Actually, let's do that first. Do you want to do malign
2: sorcery now? Then yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So sorry, I was skipping a bit. So it's okay. On one hundred and two. We've got the Realm of Battle rules. So these basically replace malign sorcery and the core rules for realms. Um, so that basically means, if I'm reading it right, um, that means that there's no malign sorcery artifacts because you have right. to use the artifacts in here. And so I'm not sure, does if that you... mean the magic laws are still in place or are they... Well, I mean, if, if you read what does it
2: say, it says if you decide to take and if you decide that your army is from a specific mortal realm and wish to make one of your artifacts a parrot of realm artifact, you must pick the realm artifact for your chosen mortal realm from the following pages mm. instead of using an artifact from maligned sorcery. So to me, artifacts. it's just artifacts. I think that yeah. the that the, you can still, dependent on the TO, they'd still be using the the sorcery, the malign sorcery rules for spells and stuff. That's mm-hmm. how I read it anyway. There's not yes, yeah, so I uh, agree. with
0: you. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but the, so yeah it just stops the like you know the Aforquats bridge
0: it's sad that we don't get like um we've not got i'm not going to have a shard of swords of judgment anymore and things like that that's a little bit sad but equally if the artifacts in books get more of a look in just like if the spells in the books get more of a look in for any reason like each faction doing more of what it should is only a good thing
2: so um, I think what's really interesting and really good is that the with the regards to the realm of battle rules for me personally anyway is that the malign the fact that we now don't have to choose artifacts although the fact that now you can't take artifacts from malign sorcery uh, it allows books that have got a very good selection of artifacts in them inherently to sort of like take a step up power I think so for it, in,
1: like,
2: yeah yeah like Maggotkin of Nurgle, they've got a really good selection of artifacts so. Now they're going to have that's going to they're going to more likely go to the book and use those artifacts than maybe try and find you know an A for Quartz brooch or something like that. Um, in my opinion, anyway, I'm not sure what
0: the rest of you guys think. Yeah, I think it's far more likely people take interesting particular things to their races than this incredibly obvious option. There,
1: so I think there's a, a few lists that are affected by that, um, change in quite a big way. I mean, even things like Thermal Rider Cloak, you know. The amber glaive um from uh you know on the on the Tyrants of Blood list. Um, think the Aether Quartz brooch spam is a big one. It's uh, I think Thermal Rider Cloak's
2: gonna like there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna miss that that keeper running and charging, jumping over bits. You know, what was the other one that we saw on quite a lot? The Cold and Stonehorn. That was Stonehorn, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, you know, stops you from it, being trapped behind your own dudes, basically gives you flexibility. It's the yeah, reason
2: it's that I for ran
1: fly, isn't it yeah extra four inches as well i mean it's like yeah.
2: Is do you think that this is going to fundamentally change like obviously it's going to change list design but do you think it like it's going to fundamentally change the way people approach playing and building their armies now that they haven't got that that crutch so like prince for instance like the stone one like byron said like yeah you're never gonna have to change the way you're playing because you're not going to be able to just yeah. jump over you can't screen in the same <clears throat>
0: way
1: um
0: yeah, yeah i, I mean, it, you know, things like that. Pretty yeah, big. yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, like, Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon just got way worse, right?
1: Yeah, because the artifacts in Legion aren't very good anyway. Okay, it like, got way more I mean, interesting. But, but I worse. think it makes Legion of Blood more appealing because they've actually yeah. got some good character-based monstrous artifacts, whereas... Okay, yeah, um, yeah it, it's definitely interesting. I think... Um, can you it still use the like Death, Order, Destruction ones... For- I don't think so because you don't have, have to be your allegiance. So yeah, you wouldn't get any of your allegiance abilities. You'd oh, have to yeah, be allegiance thing. order, but then you don't get yeah. the ones. Yes, yeah, so that's uh, relevant for me and one other. They a, were they in the last handbook or are they in the core rules? Uh, they are in the core rules. rules. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. So I never use them. So. No,
2: but
1: so like um, people used to use
0: the like the luck stone and stuff like that.
1: That's a pretty massive change. I mean, it's um. The impact of that, I think. If I look at this that I've got, I've written in the past. I tend to lean towards the book artifacts anyway, uh, because I like yeah. those. I mean, Nurgle always—you pretty much always went to your book because you know, with a stave, you know, Russ Fang. There's so many good yeah. artifacts, so you never had many because the battalions were so bad. I so think you the more have books have better ones in general. Yeah, I, I think it's um, for sure. Uh, I mean, even if I'm thinking about like the. Like, I mean, especially if you're taking a grand host or big city or whatever you want to call yeah. it, or legion, then Great you have legion, to take yeah. that one. So, you know, if you're yeah. playing Petrifix or you're playing, you know, Mortis Praetorian, you have to take that artifact. So, you immediately yeah. can't go to Realm of Sorcery anyway. Yeah. It's yeah. sort online of sorcery. So, it doesn't, I think, a lot of these armies that, that don't run formations and run, they never took them anyway. Um, I think the biggest impact will be i mean i think legion of is hit pretty badly because they never really run formations because they're not good enough um yeah they don't get forced to take an artifact when they pick their legion because they're just an allegiance it's just like you take legion of blood or or you know yeah um, sacrament yeah or sacrament or or you know legion of Knight or whatever so you could go straight to the book so you could go straight to a amulet or straight to thermal rider um or straight to a for quartz yeah. Obviously now you can't, so you're thinking, mm, not really sure. I think maybe silvernef may be affected by it a bit because they've really got some amazing artifacts. Yeah. They they've got lots of ways to get cheap formations in. Yeah. Um, what about Deepkin? Is a Deepkin player? Did you ever? Um, did you have to I run? It's, I, I think with the Deepkin book,
2: you tend to, in my opinion, sort of like gravitate to the stuff like Clay to Midnight or yes, indeed, so that's the it just makes sense. I, I never really went down the route of including
0: any artifact. They don't have most... heavy, big, non-special characters, particularly no. either, do they? So, like, yeah, the stuff where this makes the biggest difference is, by definition, I mean... going to be on things that are, like, around 400 points or greater and aren't a named yeah. character, which you... But you can I... artifact the... um uh, the aspect of storm and seas aspects, i mean that
2: was yeah. the only time i did use as i did use the ethereal amulet on the aspect of the storm back when i
1: was running that when the book came out but um isn't the Volturnus eel list all about stacking command points for um and so for I, an a for quartz, it is
2: so. but i don't i never took the a for quartz brooch in it um because you, right. you inherently get enough command points anyway because yeah. in my opinion like um yeah you could do loads and like maybe that maybe i was doing it wrong the internet will tell me i was doing it wrong but um <laughs> i um, yeah, i doing didn't ever take the A four quarts bridge because you know by turn three you've already you, chances are you've got a formation so you know you've got one cp like um
0: you need to be alive to use that yeah stuff as well exactly. right and that probably involves taking the cloud at midnight if you're going to try and make a that would oh, well, be, yeah, right. you can put it on Voltonus anyway. It'd always be on like the little Tidecaster
2: guy. But yeah, yeah I don't think it really affected. I mean, it's, for me, I've never really delved into the Malign Sorcery artifacts with the armies that I, t- I took. You know, it would be when you look back at it as like Stormcasts. I was found that the Stormcast book had exactly what I needed in it most so of the that's time. It's really good. I'm quite varied
0: yeah, um, in their applications. Exactly.
2: There's so much to choose from. Uh, I don't know if I never took it other than initially when the book first came out, when, when I went to, like, you know, I was taking the aspect um and then like most of other than that i've been in team events with Idenf. so most of the time if i would have taken uh, a Maligned sorcery artifact you couldn't double up on it so a teammate would have had it or i was taking fire slayers and obviously fire slayers it was all about hermdar so you just you know you have to take the the artifacts in that um you know in in that sort of great nation or like lodge um so
0: see it didn't really affect me much um does this yeah. make special characters uh, more of a consideration now? It must do, right? Because one of the reasons to not take a special character is you could put Ethereal Amulet on your Zombie Dragon. You could do this. So does this mean that it's now more viable to take Manfred, to take Gordrak, to take whoever? But that 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 is a that's got to be a yeah. thing, right?
1: I think Prince Vordra just
0: went
2: up in stock. That's what um, I was going to say, Vordra, I think so like now is uh, you take him, don't you? Like over.
1: The, I mean, standard. I used to take him anyway, but now that you he he, because you're not, you, you know. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah," but you can't give him an artifact. But then the artifacts you can give your normal zombie dragon are, mm, yeah. What what you're going to give him? I mean, there are some there are some decent ones, but there it aren't. Just... There isn't an inferior amulet in there, you know. Yeah, I mean? I mean, sticking with
0: death, it it, it perhaps means that you're more likely to take neferata because she has a spell that gives that effect or something as well. You can't just turn up with it. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. I think particular
1: is to like they could change by like eight hundred points at the drop. I'm of not a fan of this stuff. I'm Not a fan of the fryer. Don't like her. Honestly, okay. I tried to reason it before. I just don't don't get on with it at all. <laughs> at
0: better, least you're not going
1: to see that either. spam of her like
2: minus like you know. No, because you don't really get the command points to spam it because unless you got no, the ethan brooch. That's that's what I mean. We're not going to see then, that anymore, are we? When so. I
1: took her, I didn't have access because it was a team event yeah yeah and somebody I think Byron used it to in his stupid bone splitter list so, <laughs> um, I never got yeah, to use it, it so <laughs> I only got like one and a half turns of that defensive bubble, which is okay. It was great in missions where you could score heavily like yeah. you know like duality or or you know free places because you could basically park on all the objectives and then just go, you're not killing them and then you're you're literally you've won the game as long as you' get yeah. priority into three so. Mm-hmm. Um I think Cool. Yeah, it, it I think it has a big effect and I think um it will shift things around. It'll be quite subtle, but I think definitely Legion have got weaker. I mean, one you go, well there's the death saves are kind of you can't stack them, so that's gonna have a little bit of an impact. Yeah. And then obviously you've got the the zombie dragons gone down in stock, in my opinion. I think it affects what about um cabbages. I think they've got some decent artifacts in there. Because when I was yeah. writing my Iron Jaws list, I was going to, and also if you take like Iron Suns, you've got to take their artifacts. And so you've got like yeah. Norrend artifacts, you've got like um, weapons that do, I can't remember the name of it, but there's a really nice weapon in there that's good. So I, I think you. there's enough in there that you don't need it. Um, so, and actually, even like when I was looking cool, like, yeah. at the list, I was, to- I was going, do I take this one or do I take that one? So it wasn't like an obvious, oh yeah, you go to Malign Sorcery. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's think- a question for you both.
2: Do you what would you do you think there's any artifacts in the realm of battles like the new selection that are actually good do you think there's any that you would maybe include so even so for instance legion of uh legion of nagash do you think that you take one i mean there's the was it the realm of metals like ignore rend one um there's one, yeah, that, 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 was one I
1: saw that i thought would be decent um, yeah
2: then um, like if you said about the zombie dragon if you take prince vaudra you base your army in realm of beasts and then give the other zombie
1: dragon reroll charge rolls for realm of beasts so the Rage Blade would be decent in corn um, yeah. if you were playing the the guy with the big axe, the infinite rage. Yeah, because you you want the wound rolls. So six to hit gives you two hits. So yeah. rather than having the plus one, it kind of mitigates that a little bit. Yeah. Um, the plate of perfect protection from metal, like you said, yeah, that that could go on a zombie dragon quite happily. Yeah. Or, you know, um, I think. Like, that's, I,
2: I think the the beast one's not bad um again, because you've got the you know you reroll charge and then
0: mm-hmm.
2: um you can d- they've got the command ability that keeps the damage treated as zero wounds taken as well um for the realm command, oh, I mean, that's a realm command ignore me you uh,
1: yes yeah, so you need to, to have it in be in the realm
2: yeah, for
0: that, but yeah, yeah ignore yeah. me yeah, but it's so but I think the affect- be affected by this a lot, aren't they because they have to be in one of two realms, they don't have a choice
1: yeah, but when you you only get the command ability if you're in the realm so. If you're fighting in the realm of the, uh, the items rather the yeah, the yeah. that they take, yeah. Out, yeah. yeah, Um the um you've got trickster's foil, reroll ones to wound, and you've got reroll ones to hit, reroll ones to save It's free of the artifacts, isn't it? So that's death shadow and light. Which is okay. Mm-hmm. Um life but is a, like like a generic healing, a healer
2: wound, which you know, if you're if you put in a if you're in a silver list, you may want to put that. But I think you're going to take the there silver There are better ones than the silver
1: enough, but yeah, there's ones that heals you and everything around you on a four up and stuff like that. So I don't think I'll um I would go there. But yeah, I mean the only one in the only two in there that you know I mean re-roll charges is useful, um, yeah, purely because if you fail the charge, you're not doing anything. Um But yeah, it depends. I think it it little bit depends on what you're trying to do with a piece. I think yeah. what the malign sorcery going away does it, it limits your options. To have a um, to change the role of a big hero into something yeah. because you don't have that anymore. Like if you got I want a super defensive fast piece, okay, I want it. I'll give it the ethereal. Oh, I want it to be really fast and aggressive. I will give it the thermal rider. Oh, I want to rely on this command ability from this hero. Oh, I need the aether court. So all those options have disappeared. So I think now your the utility of big monstrous heroes has dropped. Um, particularly in even like Sunesh not being able to, you know, thermal ride with their keepers and stuff like that. And there are yeah. good alternatives, but they're not as good because if they were better or as good, you would have seen them more regular. So I think it's mm-hmm. definitely going to shift. It's like a subtle shift of the boundaries, and it might. I don't. I, there might be a list that gets completely broken by it. I think the Night Horn is. It, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's a Legion of Grief list that relied on the Aether Quartz. You know, gets broken, yeah. but it's like well you'd have to find a new thing, you know, a new list. Yeah. yeah. yeah it affects people more who have a, a
0: license to take a formation that's really good, or even a couple of formations that's really good, which isn't many people, but like Slanesh, they, they'd have like Ren 3 and Flying or or whatever you could pick. So it's just a, a tighter set of decisions that's more tailored to your individual army, which makes absolute sense.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think that's uh,
0: it's quite just a...
2: I just want to like see about whether or not you thought well, there was any that you'd want to take. That was essentially...
1: Uh to first yeah. I have not really looked at them. Um I did <laughs> I, I skim read them yep. and when I saw the because normally that's the sort of thing I do when I write a list. You know, I'll, I'll have it yeah. in my head, I'll be thinking how do I maximize this thing? But then I look mm-hmm. at the options and the option one of those options is those realm artifacts. So mm-hmm. I did skim read and saw the rend one and I thought well, that's good because yeah, I know some armies have access to that. Um so I think there's one in the I think the Iron Suns artifact is that is is like reduces rend. But I didn't in my head i wasn't thinking oh yeah that that's really good because in my head i'm not writing i'm not writing a list but if i was writing a list yeah. and i thought oh right that makes more sense to take that than anything else but i know for like bone reapers i never went outside the book because they've got so many good yeah. artifacts you're in a legion so you're taking like that you've got to take the mortis praetorian artifacts anyway so you only get one if you've got a formation and then the artifacts in there there's some really good ones and you just you just never need to go outside of that book um, you know, okay. same with war clans, so I was tossing up between a malign sorcery or war clan one, so it, it, and Nurgle. I always went to the Nurgle book. Legion is the only army that I play that, and maybe Flesh is, that's yeah. been adversely affected by this. I think particularly Nighthaunt are going to suffer, um, because they 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 tend to feel a little bit they you, you, you don't learn. have those again, it's because the death grand hosts or whatever, they don't. They don't have those for those books. So, like Nighthaunt, don't mm-hmm. have it. You know, Legion doesn't have it. So, you can immediately go straight to an artifact you want. And those artifacts suit, you know, Ethereal doesn't do anything to Nighthaunt, but Aether Quartz is amazing. Yeah. So, it immediately has a massive impact. But it's,
2: um, I'll have to double check all the Nighthaunt rule uh, artifacts to see if there's actually, you know, see if there's anything that you would never have taken before because there was, you would always be going down Aether Quartz or, and see if there's any sort of like,
1: Diamonds in the rough, then essentially one that you would. There are some good ones, yeah. Yeah. There's some decent ones, but they're not that they're not really the the thing is to maximize the army's potential. You know, there's only a couple things that you really care about, and a lot of those artifacts are just like nuances to heroes, and your heroes are all pretty rubbish, to be honest. So,
0: words out of my mouth like they don't have a big thing that you can make way better, therefore, taking A for quartz was the only thing that was a force multiplier
1: for the entirety of the army. Mm -hmm. Like that allows you could even argue then that they've got better because. They didn't rely on a big thing of an artifact to be a linchpin of their army. So, yeah.
2: so again, it's 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 gonna be interesting to see. I mean, this is all speculation, right? Like until we get table time mm-hmm. with these sorts of things. You know, somebody out there, like, you know, I know Luke Morton's really excited about Nighthorn, so there's gotta be something there. I don't know how this has changed, like, you know, the handbook drop has changed how he's gonna approach that. But I know that he's excited for Nighthorn.
1: you know. Yeah, so, they they're not a bad army. I mean, they've got stuff going for him, but it's um it's just that one of the popular I think it was allegiance a grief list actually, which yeah again that because they don't even have their own artifacts, I don't think. So yeah.
2: Um well they don't have
1: formations. I think they don't have formations. So um so that's sort of us talk about the realms and we're not gonna go through like what each realm does and what each ability is, no. but essentially the scape feature is addition the normal scenery rules on top of the scenery rules you roll. So it's like doubling yeah. up like overgrown or whatever. One thing I would say looking through it, the when you played the old realms, like when you're in like you had like ways to strike first or yeah teleport your Hello. entire army, that's all kind of gone. Good. You do have mm-hmm. a redeployment ability in shadow, but it's 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 going to your the it's hero, a unit it? with an eighteen of a friendly hero and then recalling to fixed. that hero. So it's almost yeah. like pulling the unit out rather than using it as an aggressive tactic, That feels um, a lot more... which is the, the on-me command Easy. ability. Um, so I I like that they've been toned down because I found that some of the games I played, it completely flipped the game on its head. Like when I played a Skaven army that had that, um, that I, think it's, I can't remember if it was a trait, which is like the cunning, where you get extra command points in light with his plague monks, wow. and he was always striking first. And I was just, like, I can't yes. do anything about this. No, like because I can't keep up with his command points. Um, and he's got three units. If he had two units of forty plague monks, and I was just like, yep. well, this is just be done. Yeah. You know, I just can't. I just can't win this game. And that was only because we we're in that that realm. So it, yeah, I wasn't a big. But then I've played games where that's made a difference. When I've played against someone who's got yeah. ASF, and it it means you can compete against them. So yeah, balances
2: it. I always found the shadow one a bit weird, wasn't it? Where you could like it's too much th- yeah. that mansion, wasn't it? I
1: can't remember the name of it. Where you pull them off the table and they come on from the table edge and you like. Ridiculous. I I won multiple games with Gotcha moments using that because people forgot about it. Oh yes, it's not the type of thing that should be.
0: And also, if you get a good player who turns up, who knows this stuff inside out and back to front, and is playing with Nagash sake of argument the fact that he could do ridiculous things like twice in some realms and he was pretty strong anyway just made yeah. some things just not
1: Byron's been on the wrong end of Nagash's finger more times than anyone <laughs> <before. laughs> yeah. 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 And then we've got um so I guess we're talking about auxiliary objectives. Yeah. Which is yeah. a big change for the scenarios. Well they 102, weren't they? No, no one oh eight
0: what is this big change? How does it work?
1: So the biggest change is there are no kill points for missions so mm-hmm. mission deciding your if you're minor or major so if you're on a minor victory because you didn't do the major it actually comes down to your auxiliary objectives which effectively work a little bit like hidden agendas how they got changed for a lot of tournaments where you yeah, reveal at the beginning and then you so you you basically pick um, two, basically <laughs> says you pick two auxiliary and then you reveal them at the beginning of the game, and then if you get more of those than your opponent, then you basically can win the mission if you don't do them, if you're tied on like the major points or whatever. Depending on the mission, it affects how they how they work.
0: You also have it, to assume it,
1: that some tournaments will allot a points value to these yeah. to work stuff
0: out potentially as well. So like getting the major is worth four, getting each secondary is worth one point each or something.
1: Yeah. So it's like, you know, ETC and what we did at, at Face Hammer South Coast, you know, they, yeah. well, South Coast didn't go ahead, but that's what they are going to be. So, but Face Hammer last year, we, we were like, well, you get you're between four points is deny, and, you know, you deny their mm-hmm. two, get your two, that's four. You get two, they get two, that's two each. You know, there's four points mm-hmm. to divide between you. So it's kind of like an official way of using that, I guess. Um, and you don't need to work count the victory points of what you kill. So, so you just you get allocate points to the win major
2: minor yeah you draw, get
1: scenario yeah. points for the victory yeah and if you're tied or well, depend on the mission so if it says like for example like total commitment it says the player with the most victory points wins so that's victory points are by controlling the objectives yeah but if you're tied then you check to see how many of their auxiliary objectives they completed if one player's done more than their opponent they win a minor if both completed the same it's a draw
0: yeah, so i actually
1: think you'll see more draws because of this Yeah, I do. But Mm. I'm like, I'm down with what that's going to do to the games. Like it Mm. means
0: that if you come up in a rock, paper, scissors matchup where, I don't know, you've taken Beastman and your opponent's taken host or something like that, that where you couldn't, you couldn't just have a chance. Anyway, you can try your best to deny them getting the major and then try and sneak a character off a board edge or something like that. Mm. It's, It's really cool. I mean, out of the book uh, as well.
2: If you play it word by word out of the book, do you think that will affect how you we, we look at lists going forward? Because you're not going to have to worry so much about smashing your opponent off the table. Because like
1: victory, you still you still got to thin. win the
0: major. So yeah, yeah. I think some but, uh, lists like we've spoken about Night we've spoken about Ideneth and stuff like that. Like some super technical lists which have very technical players playing them. I think they will absolutely look at things in a different way. But for the large part, if you make your opponent dead you've you've probably won the game still
1: because i think we got to a point where we were almost playing this anyway because victory points was like the tertiary thing that didn't really matter so most events that well that i went to or was involved in victory Mm. points weren't a thing anyway um you might get extra points for getting more vps but it wasn't it's not like the old days when it or vps was everything yeah and it was about conservation and smashing yeah. And I find it funny, you still see people like message about it and they say, Oh, how do you think now that people won't play as conservatively and they won't try and smash every model off the table? No, they still will. You will win the, because... Yeah, you win the major if you smash people off the table, don't you? So, super- yeah, so exactly. Exactly. And you yeah. and you still will protect an important unit and you still you might chuck a unit into combat you don't need to. Yeah. But there's so many times when you do something you think is irrelevant and it becomes relevant mm-hmm. later on. Like yeah. you chuck those five liberators forward just for lols, and then you realize oh, if I had those five liberators sat back for two turns, they would have been in a position to run to the middle and capture that objective. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think it really changes how anyone should approach playing the game because you play to win. So you're still playing the mission and the objectives. Obviously, you're going to try and play the objectives, but we were yeah. playing that anyway with hidden agendas and mission majors anyway. So yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe you consider it like, say, so for example, the when we
0: went to our last team tournament, the team that won, they really heavily considered all of this stuff Um, at a very, very tip-top level. I think Mm -hmm. maybe you give some nuance, or you run down the list and you like, in an average event, if I take this hero, I'm going to have an option at these seven safely, or like battle line is important, therefore, I'm going to give that slightly more preference than I would have, or make my battle line bigger um, Mm -hmm. to deny it from my opponents. But I, I think it's a nuance rather than a fundamental thing. Yeah, and I
1: think it, it will depend on the event whether they limit. Oh, absolutely. you can
0: only use it once.
1: You know? So the GW,
2: the GW sort of like uh, tournament pack in here says that you select three agendas as well because they're only running the five, um, five rounds usually. So again,
1: you've got to use know, 15 out of 18. 18. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's a great <laughs> tool that TOs can use. And I think they're a lot more. Um, thought out than the the agendas because the agendas were designed to do something else and we were using mm. them for this. Yes, whereas they kind of designed for what we're doing. So it's it, I think they're better. They're not as like some of the the hidden ones were like you know capturing more objectives in your opponent and you get the first turn you just run onto it. I've done that.
0: Yeah, you, know, it's yeah.
1: Like you can't stop it. So at least some of these are a lot more kind of balanced. Um, um, so it'd be interesting to see how they pan out. Um, we won't know about yeah. this until like two events in or something will we no no and I'm sure TOS will tweak you know like you said like Les says the, in the conquest and bound bit at the back there's basically tournament packs so if you wanted to run an event never run one before and you go I want to run a pitch battle coalition of death tournament pack there's a pack for it so you yeah. just go and run it straight out of the general's handbook which is quite nice I think because there's a lot of stuff when you put a tournament on it's all well good to say, oh, we run Pitch Battle. But there's a lot of nuances around Pitch Battle that regular tournament players will want to know. Yeah. And you'll get bombarded mm-hmm. with questions like, how do you score VPs? What about Endless Spells? How do you score Battalions? So yeah. if you're a new TO, this, you could just run it straight out of here and then see how it goes, and then tweak it later. But it gives you a really nice baseline. So I think it's really nice that they've put tournament packs for the different game modes in the actual book. Yeah, they've
2: even got team events and stuff in here
1: as well. If you wanted to run your own team events straight at the back, yeah. straight at the book, yeah, so coalition death good. tournament, you know, pitch battle, team format battles, team tournament format, open war army generators in there as well. And I think at the front as well, which probably needs Warren talking about, is the players code on page four. I don't know if yeah. you guys have seen that? Yeah, I've, uh, I've read is, through it. Which is it like, talks know. about like it's basically like the how to be good to yeah. your opponent. How to not be a dick when you get to the table? Well, just I think it's not even about that. It's just it's just about like things to consider to make sure that you're doing everything you can to have an enjoyable experience for both players. So you know, it's like you know, you know, because if you don't arrive on time, it doesn't mean you're a dick. It just means you you know you maybe something come up. But you know, it says try to arrive on time. You know, yeah, these are principles. They're like behaviors, etiquette, yeah, which I think is quite nice to have in there because I completely agree. I know a lot of players that do it regularly. They they probably don't. Some people won't even think about that impact that has on somebody, yeah. Until someone has that conversation with them, if they, but a lot of people don't have that conversation because they're like, well, I've known and they're going to be this guy again, and I don't want to have that conversation, and it's socially awkward, so I'm just going to keep it's, it to myself. But
2: it's like the uh, give your opponent a chance to examine your dice rolls before picking up the dice, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's you know, and I always have like that conversation at the start where I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, like here are my dice. I'm picking out the misses. So you can see the hits.
0: Yeah,
2: you know, in front. So like, that. That whole, th- whole thing, like try and roll dice in front of your opponent as opposed to rolling them behind terrain and stuff like that is the standard yeah. thing that you'd expect from regular gamers, mm-hmm.
1: I guess. Never collude with an opponent to fix the outcome of a game. <laughs> Never complain about your bad luck or your opponent's good luck. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Avoid distracting an opponent when they're trying to concentrate and be respectful of their personal space. Remind your opponent about rules they may have forgotten to use or that they have used incorrectly, especially when doing so is in your opponent's advantage.
0: Yeah, it's really good. I mm-hmm. think it's really good so
1: that all this stuff is in there. Ask permission before touching your opponent's models. Yeah. 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 It's you know, all, really opponent, yeah. It's, all this stuff is just, you know, measure moves and distances carefully and accurately. Um, so I think if you followed those, then you would, you would make the gaming experience for the other person a lot better. A lot more
0: enjoyable opponent.
1: Absolutely. So I think it's a really nice summary that's there. Um, and I think that the the sort of the bit the page before it where it's a bit more detailed, sort of fundamental, talking about you know, it, it, I think if you're going to read anything in the book, I think everyone should just read those two pages anyway, just to yeah. like and just think to yourself, do I do that? Because I'm sure all of us have yeah. done one of those things at some point in any game. Yeah, oh, I think you know, so I think it's quite a good thing. But I know we're kind of tangenting off a little bit. But
2: what well, um, I'm going to struggle with the avoid using language your opponent might find offensive because like when you.
0: See, when i, I play you before, on the table before, before the game i i ask generally speaking if it's someone i don't know is down with my foul mouth then um i i, try <laughs> I hope you like that are you down with my foul mouth
1: yeah i <laughs> me
2: amazing um, but yeah i' cuss too much at the table i and it gets it, that's like a force multiplier if i like you and get to know you more so like if so I've had people like me and Ben Curry like shaking at each, each other. The more he calls you the C
1: in. word, the more he likes you. Is what you're saying? Yeah, essentially.
2: Like me and Curry. Ben Curry like arguing <laughs> at, the, at the table. <laughs> I think several was like, what, "What? What's going on? What's going on?" And I'm like, and "Ben Curry's like, I've had more fucking trophies, and you've had hot dinners, mate, and stuff like that." When <laughs> We're talking at the table, like
1: people like, "What's going on?" I remember mean, um, you two were like, "Didn't you have like a four-hour game at a Sheffield one year?" And you were no, like, that was
2: ter- Terry that and was Ben. Terry, was like. It? like terry and ben like had a four-hour game they like stopped playing had lunch come back and were still arguing about it after lunch just because like, yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay.
1: but yeah so i think that's really important um to have a read of and i think you know from a terms of complete if you wanted if you'd never gone to a tournament and you read that it's the most important, important page that you know you know how to expect that if you wanted to run a tournament for the first time you've got a pack yeah, you know, and I think it's a lot clearer than previous ones where it's all in one place. On more about the the overall experience than you know, just just rules that are only used in the context of a pack that somebody else has modified.
0: Yeah, for sure. So people who haven't been to tournaments, that's what you can expect. And vastly in my experience as well, that's one of nice people do consider this stuff. Like we consider this stuff on a on like a an event basis. Like going, oh, that that's a new player. Therefore, I going to be super clear about this. Like that's part of. your your duty as a nice person is to educate people like like if they've never been to an event before and you're like well i'm gonna roll these here where you can see it my name's byron nice to meet you um if you are unsure about anything i'm doing then just ask i'm quite happy to explain anything uh are you new to your book in which case you will obviously help them out with it if you know better than them all that stuff is a matter of course but um it's nice for people to know reading that that perhaps that's what experienced players will be like
1: yeah, and I think the when I first went to events, like when you've been playing in a gaming club, and you'll see this as well. Like when you go to like your local store or your gaming club that hasn't got a lot of experienced event players, yeah. there's a lot of really bad behaviour. Oh yeah, there is. It's awful. Uh, especially when it's almost like the people treat it like they're because like, you're comfortable with these people as well. You're more likely to break those rules because yeah, they're yeah, people yeah. you know. In Sorry, I'm quotes. fifteen minutes late. Like you yeah. know. I was hungry or something, and then yeah. people getting frustrated about their I've seen more tantrums at club games than I have at tournaments, yeah <laughs> That's, you know, I mean, I used to work in a store, so I used to see a lot of it, you know, and I think um when you go to an event, you almost take your whatever your environment mentality is to an event, mm. so I've got a gaming group um on a Thursday night, and we we went to something that wasn't g w related but basically. Our gaming group is not for the faint of heart. We've got a lot of um, big personalities. So there's a lot of ex-military. There's a lot of um, really inappropriate, yeah. Yeah, 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 inappropriate kind of banter and in jokes. And when you go to like an event where there's you're playing people who don't know you and don't know your in jokes and don't know you, know, you can't you can't act the same way, Yeah. because you they don't. They'll be like, "What is up with this guy?" <laughs> you yeah, really actually really uncomfortable already, and then you've got like coming in. It's just yeah. yeah. But when we play each other, we can do that because we we know each other too well. So we can. Uh, <laughs> so I think it's just having that, understanding that, and and you know having a guideline is a good thing. You know, for sure. And also, it helps you know. and, and, and you know, I think giving feedback to someone on the table is is difficult. Especially when you don't know them to say, yeah. actually, what you're doing is making me a little bit uncomfortable. Can you yeah. just, yeah. or I don't care particularly,
0: but your next opponent might find this hard, type thing.
1: Yeah, I've I've actually done it before when I've I've said to someone that the way you're rolling your dice, I think I I played a guy, um, and you know I heard a few people say to me, oh, well you know he's he's been a bit dodgy and stuff, and I was watching how he was behaving. And it looked like he was concealing stuff and the way he was doing his dice, it looked like he was manipulating the dice. And I said, I know you're not, but it looks really bad the way you're behaving because you're picking up things before I see them and you're rolling stuff behind terrain and going, oh, yeah, that was a six. And I know you're not I know you're not cheating, and you're but picking it looks up the like hits, you're cheating. The misses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it looks we, like we had cheating. the same Yeah, we did have the same guy in the same event. Same so. guy at the same time. Uh, yeah, and we yeah. had the same you conversation about. About. quite often. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, like, you know and it was one of his first events, and you know, since you know, I've seen him since then playing at events and doing you know, taking on board that, but that's quite a difficult conversation to have because, yeah. like, you know, I mean, I've been around the block long enough to you know, to sort of have that conversation, but it's it's, it's tricky, you know, um, and he's gone strength to strength now, hasn't he? Like, the got the guy in, like, you know, yeah, his, his, um. Know. Yeah. You know, Jack's always been a good no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Jack. I no, was kidding. No. Uh, no but yeah, fun. um, so we did the um I think the scenarios, um so obviously you've got eighteen still. Sorry, Byron. Um I know you hate scenarios. Oh God, so can we not just have <laughs> 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 don't 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 oh, rant. You've, don't that's not sure <laughs> yeah. not the around. face was enough of a rant. You've done it. That was, yeah. like, that was <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was enough. Um it's bullying dyslexic people. Got twenty, 20 digits. Yeah. <laughs> it should be alright. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the um, obviously you've got the ones in the main rule book which haven't changed. And then you've got the it's two d- d- deployment y stuff, isn't it? Like
2: total conquest. I'm not sure if that deployment's changed.
1: Oh yeah, but what I mean is the when you roll on the chart, Blood and Glory, oh, Excavation, yeah. Border Wall, they're in the core rules. Yeah, so okay, in, yeah. So they they're the same. So the the ones ones all the other ones are from this handbook they've been you can run the old handbook it says if you want but i'm pretty sure no one will um so in terms of the missions then we're not going to go because there's there's 12 of them we're not going to run through every mission i think what we'll do is we'll just talk because we'll probably do a second show we do that in more detail um i think what we'll talk about really is there are some nuanced changes um Mm -hmm. which are to do with bonuses for types of units capturing objectives. Yeah. So some really of the mission ones. Yeah. So like total conquest. If you have a friendly leader within six of the objective, you get an additional point. So yeah. total conquest is one of my favourite missions. Yeah. They've changed yeah. the deployment map from the staircase. Yeah. yeah. Um. And actually, imagine eight dice. Well, to be honest, when you look at it, you generally deployed in the opposite boxes anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it kind of doesn't make any difference, and um, yeah. So, I, I, it's a nice little nuance change that basically leaders score extra points. So, um,
2: same with Scorch Sheriff, isn't it? Like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. was it if a player controls an objective in enemy territory while there's a friendly leader unit within six of it, they score one additional victory point when it is raised. Big deal. So, you know, that's you know that's good as well. It's so, like little tiny bits that that will. That's some that you could miss, but will make a difference in scoring
1: points when you're playing your opponent and getting those wins. Yeah, and like some of the changes, like you know, like battle for the past is basically the same apart from the the auxiliaries. Star strike, you, you're not on a one d six roll now, and you've you've lost the two d six rolls, the extreme double ones going in the corner and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So the the grid of objectives is very central. So I think yeah. that's really like a lot more um, manageable. Yep. Mm-hmm. you know you've got stuff like scorched earth like les just talked about um you've got focal points where you score extra points if you've got a monster or behemoth within six yeah. which is good again you know like if you're playing that
2: uh playing that army you know if you're playing uh, against the behemoth army like there's loads of them about at the moment right then it you know you can rack up those extras especially if it's close it does matter if make sure if you're scoring it correctly makes um, a
0: difference if you're army, playing baseball right
2: <laughs> yeah you know, I mean, there's. I've written down that like, how much I enjoy the uh, the interesting mechanic with the one of the new missions, forcing the hand, and how you score, how you choose primary objectives. I don't know if you guys have looked at that one at all. Which the one's that? Right, right? uh, right. Forcing the hand, one of the new ones. Oh no, I haven't seen that one no. Um Yeah, that's really, oh, yeah. really good. So um, it says at the start of each player's turn, the opposing player picks one of their own objectives to be the primary objective for that. Turn. Oh yeah, yeah. For so, Yeah, I did read that. This and it then you then obviously that makes a difference if you want to keep like you know, depending on if your opponent where you want that objective to be, it's going to be interesting whether you want whether you pick it far away so you can score it with like a unit you know, of five guys, but then they can get cleared off. Definitely, definitely interesting.
1: Well, I think it, it doesn't, it's because it says that um, at the start of each player turn, the opposing player picks one of their objectives to be the primary for that turn. Um, if it's players A turn, player B picks one of Playing. the player b, b to be the primary objective so so, so if basically it's your, I if, your go, if it's your go i would pick which one is your primary and you have to try and get it yeah so you pick the one that's the hardest which is really interesting yeah, yeah. so like if yeah so
2: if it's my go you would pick your own
1: objective which would be your
0: primary because it's your primary it'd be your primary them.
1: so i'd pick one of yeah. mine to
0: be your primary you pick it's your, your, your opponent's one and you try and make it as hard for them yeah. as possible exactly yeah. Yeah. And, yeah so you,
2: but I mean, they're quite close together. You'd just be like, if you're in, you'd be like, oh, right, I'm going to put it in the corner because you're not going to get to it in
0: time. Or you're not yeah. going to get to it. Or anymore. you put it one yeah. that's got like 60 plate bearers on it go that <laughs> one. The, um, something that I found really interesting this is the only one I've played, which is the only reason I, I clocked this. The blade's edge, which is on 85. Uh, there's yeah. six objectives. They're relatively close together. They're relatively far forward. They're 18 inches forward, not 12. So there's this big, like, cluster blob in the middle. Yeah. Uh, And objectives, Uh, at the start of each battle round, after the first, the player taking the second turn in that battle round can pick one objective on the battlefield and remove it from play. No restrictions, not that you control, not anything. You can pick that one that Mm -hmm. your opponent has completely comprehensively got and you can never have a chance of getting it, and you just take it away from them. Or you pick one of yours and you run away from it and then go and beat up your opponent on theirs, Um, Mm -hmm. especially when you're going second. that's huge. It's super interesting. It's so interesting, I'm not sure whether I like it or not, but I like how <laughs> I like, how <laughs> I I I like it, about that.
1: Because the choice of like going first or second
0: becomes important. Yeah, right? Yeah. Hugely. Massively. Like, argue, Well, I'll have to play it a couple more times, but arguably like, too much of an
1: advantage. It's crazy big, I think. It almost retains that element of relocation orb without the relocational or <laughs> yeah but actually the last relocation orb i actually really liked because i did not think yeah. it was that random yeah to be fair yeah, yeah. it wasn't just a bit
0: more, wasn't it yeah i think that's a massive thing there's not been anything like that in the game so far oh i pick an objective that i'm not controlling and we just get rid of it for the rest of the game crazy mm-hmm
2: Especially no, if you've got still. a really slow enemy unit bunkered on it. Say it's like one of the ones on the far right of the board. Yeah. And you just go, right, well, I'll just get rid of that one because you've bunker you fire slayers you're really slow. You're, yeah. You're, you're well, you
1: get board position and then you you go second in the with a defensive unit, and then you go, right, it's now I won the role, you can go first. I'll delete the objective you've got tucked in behind you, and I'll keep the ones that are tucked behind my units. Yep. Yeah. Then you can weather the storm of the attacks, and then you're gonna score. So I think um, you know, Nurgle looking at the missions, I think. Nurgle lists are going to be really strong in this yeah, yeah, yeah. There's
0: also some um, aggressive, uh, fast, cinch combat lists that I think would own a lot of these. Like getting over yeah. there and pushing someone off something. I think with things being closer together, there's probably some units that wouldn't have got a look in as much in the past. But um, the scenario, sorry, the objectives are, I think, on average, they're closer together than they were with the last set of mm-hmm. things as well. Just adding a few in where they're closer together and removing a few where they're further apart makes
1: a really big difference a huge stuff i think removing the randomness of like you know like um relocation orb and um star strike's less random and more centralized that you're not going to the edges of battlefield as much
0: yeah i don't Um, think
1: um,
0: armies like deepkin perhaps that excelled in in flexibility speed um popping up blah 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 i don't think they have as much of a advantage as they did and obviously they had disadvantages in other ways but um if you went to an event and you rolled up a few of the fast scenarios they they did really there's one blood in glory where they
1: did like twice as well as they would normally do on average and it's because yeah. all the scenarios were aggro ones with think yeah, generally together. I look at the missions there isn't any with like objectives super spread out that mean like better part of valor for sure but you need battle line units yeah so i think eels you can be but they're battle line if aren't they uh, yeah they uh, are that yeah. One. They'll be really strong in that because, because like for me, you know, it's it's all about battle line units. So if they haven't got a battle line unit, then on it, then you they can't control it. So dawn riders,
2: dawn riders in Limanef as well. They're really fast for those. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, places of arcane power. I don't know why. Look, I'm sure it's not, but they look like they're quite spread out. Um, for your heroes, again, it looks like you may maybe need. For me, it, I don't know whether it's just me looking at the map the way
0: it is. Maybe that is one of the yeah. more spread ones for sure. It's no off, different
1: so. to how it used to be. The only difference is is that you don't have because you don't have the diagonal deployment. Oh, yeah. yeah, you lose the little corners where you used to be able to be nine away from the or like you know twelve away from the objective and just yeah, exactly. on so, within range to get to it. So it's a lot harder to run a normal. Foot hero. Yeah, Yeah. you're not getting
2: on those. Yeah, you're not getting on those hero, those objectives on those corner ones unless you've got a super fast hero until
0: turn two, I think. Yeah, you also can't set up close to it behind a screen, so you're protected if you give your opponent the first turn, and then you can get onto Mm -hmm. it. That's not a thing anymore. You're in this little block here, and it's here or here, and Mm -hmm. you're now behind a screen, way, way, way back. So if you want to protect yourself and be within range of it, you're probably going to have to run and use a command point to make that a six. Yeah.
2: Which I think it means it,
0: it, Looking at it, how, you know, it looks like you
2: just. I mean, it's what we always did anyway. You'd go right. I'm gonna try and go to those two, or like you okay. know, the right two, or the middle and the right, or the middle and the left. I think now it, with the deployment, it, it sort of makes that even more important. With how you deploy, you're going to have to decide what you're doing at that point because you're not going to get onto those objectives,
0: maybe. Certain yeah certain not... means beat. Like I look at this and I like I get excited about the prospect of Beast Claw. Because yeah. they can make some strange things. They can make some strange things. Battle line and monster and moth and they're fast and they're pretty resilient. Like
1: yeah. Mm. Um. So like you do, you can. Um. I mean it's it's interesting because there's some missions you need leaders. I think leaders are more important now than they ever have been. Yeah. Because I think there's obviously you've got the arcane power, which is I mm. believe is leader. Um but you've also got other missions where leaders give you bonuses. Yeah. Um, so I, I quite like the fact that it's not you have to be a leader to capture it. It just gives you a bonus. I think, I think that's really, a really standard way of doing it. So, I think Scorched Earth and Total Conquest yeah, is leader as well. And then obviously you've got... So there's three missions there out of the 12 that need leaders or give you a bonus if you've got leaders. One that's Behemoth, Um, And I believe that you Know battle line for I, I'm the only mission I don't like is better part of valor, if I'm honest. If I give my own personal yeah. opinion, just don't like it, never liked it. Um, but even worse now, in my opinion. <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting, like, because you said leaders are such a key
2: thing now to the game with like scoring objectives. Is it going to be, I don't, I, I think you're going to need more than like because like most lists that I oh tend boy, to yeah, type, or I've seen, uh, yeah, are like, we've got a monster, we've got. Two little support heroes, do you think maybe, and then like blocks of stuff? Do you think maybe you see a reduction in the size of the block and you slot another hero in,
0: or do you think it's not going to make it? You might see people taking more magma drops over little guys who get lookouts and stuff like that. Lookouts are still the same, I presume, by the way. I'm not, yeah, it's the core rule,
2: yeah, core rule, so yeah.
0: Yeah, so even though you do have that protection on them, if they can't reach it, it doesn't matter. So yeah. maybe we'll see people shifting it. I, I did literally exactly that this morning whilst writing lists on the toilet. I wrote um, the same list that I played recently, and which was uh, like three War docs, three Rogue Idols, three units of more boys. And then I looked at my hero selection as actually maybe I drop a rogue idol and it becomes a troll hack because she's, she's resilient. She's faster than the other guys and um, is a wizard as well. But mostly it was a consideration for for the fact that I had weak heroes who weren't that
1: quick. Yeah. I think, I think you're, um, I mean, I, I tend to, I think if you've got three heroes, that's probably enough. Um, You know, I think you might see more little ancillary heroes, like, rather than big ones uh, because you generally yeah. run the big ones anyway but i think some lists might be tempted to drop like maybe some infantry in favor of like an 80 point support hero or you know like an extra wizard or something like that
2: alfarians looking more appealing
1: how fast is he
2: he's quite fast i think he's like six uh he's just very hard eight. to get rid of isn't he
0: he's very yeah, hard to get rid of like um, he kills stuff for fun. is he harder yeah. to get
2: rid of or build and enjoy He's three Ignore Rend. He's, I, well, yeah, yeah, I found him quite enjoyable to build, but uh, I let <laughs> you and Terry build him first and then just followed all the pitfalls. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, for me, like, I definitely like Atharion now, like looking at the, the the leader aspects, I'm like, can I slot him in, you know? Yeah. Just, fast and, and people as well. less, like, you know, I can't remember what his
0: movement is off the top of my head, and I'm not gonna get- Probably that at least now, six, but, yeah. yeah. Fast, I think fan fast fan. heroes are gonna be a thing, and like Russ was saying about dropping a unit of 10 guys in favor of this or that, or, or maybe you drop a unit of ten guys, and instead of having this eighty or a hundred point wizard, you take this two hundred point thing that moves quicker and has a slightly better save. Um, I don't know, like if it was a decision between like a wizard on foot or a wizard on disc, who's twice as expensive but has a better save and flies, then maybe people start shifting
1: that way. Should we have a look at some questions and then wrap up? Yeah, yeah. Can we, should we do a break first? Yeah, we can. All right, We're back in a second. Basehammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service, all the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off, and all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we're back from the break. Um and we think we will we'll take we asked um some questions on twitterverse uh, this morning about what people wanted us to talk about so a million people, responses yeah quite a few yeah that's good um so i think we'll we had a lot of questions around things like you know the approach to you know the, as a concept the handbook and things like that and also <laughs> we're not going to go into that that's not really for us to to go into um a lot of questions about the Anvil of Apotheosis as well, um, which is that character creation uh, bit that's outside the match play section, which can be match play legal if people agree. And I think it'll be a bit like Malign Portents and stuff like that. If people want to allow it, they'll run it or they'll use it or they'll run it at their event. But I don't think it'll be widely adopted. Um,
2: specific tournament or as a thing where they'll go... We, you can have one Amble of Aposseosis hero up to this value if you want in like a fruity tournament pack that they want to run. So,
1: mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't I haven't read it, so I don't know what it's like if no. it's balanced or not. I just haven't looked at it. So, but I I imagine it will be down to if you, people talk about tournament play, it will be down to the tournament organizer. And I think in the book it says if your opponent agrees. So if you're playing at a club, if your opponent says yeah, you crack on, but my experience is generally your opponent will always say no. Um, yeah, because yeah, like, they turned up and home. didn't do that <laughs> thing. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, unless they're like a narrative player and you've both agreed and you've got a cool reason. So I think it's a really cool thing, but it is it's not in the match play section probably for a reason. So, um yeah. So I'd say that. And Carl, when you play me, you're never using it. Sorry.
2: Also, Breakspear, when, we're, when you're playing me, you're never using it. So... <laughs> And not not because I, I think
1: it's any good, just because I want to upset you.
0: Yes. <laughs> and I can't learn new things, so that goes for the same I, for me as well. Yeah, and and Terry's is it, not here, but like, Terry
2: says the same rules? thing, Carl.
0: <laughs> yes, so no. Yeah.
2: If you convert to, to your model for each special thing that you do in the Anvil of Apotheosis, Carl, then you can use know. it. <laughs> but I might change my mind on the day. But I, but I might change my mind on the day. Is
1: what we're saying. So and when so, it
0: comes, when it comes to the combat phase, I'll change my mind.
1: Yeah, I'll be like, yeah, "What did do?" No, you can't have it. I and mean, if you win with that model, it doesn't count. Yeah, solid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so uh, do you want to read some of these out, and then we'll we'll. Smash yeah. So them. the first one's from Dave Frazier Um, you know, and he's not trolling, which
2: is interesting because Dave I'm always not interested. trolls. As is of interesting. It's like 90% yeah. troll, 10% just being an idiot. Um, so, Dave. Um, <laughs> um, do we do you foresee... actually know,
1: Dave, disclaimer, it's not like we're being mean to him. We are, but...
2: I am being mean to Dave. No, I don't, I'm <laughs> joking. No. <laughs> so, um, um, do you foresee any of the changes made leading to scenarios being less important to the design of lists? By which I mean, your list design becomes less about scenarios and more about just killing your opponent?
0: i uh, the opposite. No. Yeah, opposite. We've kind of covered that a little bit. I think um, maybe stuff, the fact that stuff's closer together, it could be reflected in terms of what he's saying. Like if you just kill your opponent and they are only 18 inches away instead of 24 if they're scoring, then maybe that's a thing. But I think largely no.
1: I mean, I hopefully he means killing your opponent's army and not... <laughs> <the opponent>. like, <laughs> yeah, literally just like, well, they're dead so they couldn't finish the game, so technically they concede right? I mean, that's <laughs> how it works. No, no, yeah, bring um, a hammer to the table. Like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, can't yeah. roll now <laughs> can you? No. <laughs> yeah. um, perhaps we need to change our slogan from hammer to the face to something else so people don't get the <laughs> yeah, yeah. idea. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I think more important, because you want to have a more balanced list, you want behemoths, you want heroes you want um you want battle line that are gonna be good in that one mission because if you go to an event and better part of valor that is used um then you need a good fast battle line that can survive. So if you've gone min three units of dire walls, you're gonna be like, oh, well, uh uh-huh. that's basically a loss then isn't it? So So everyone should buy six stone horns
0: is what we saying. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but they're not. Yeah, but they're not really battle line, are they? Unless you've got the like beast this. riders, and then they're not very good because yeah. you can't get artifacts, and they you don't got do three others events. that do have artifacts at that point. Whee! Yeah, I mean, you've got one. <laughs> it's a problem. You're relying on your mornfang, aren't you? Which it's okay. This is going to be Byron
2: started... pointing everyone to beast claw, though, right? Because Byron yeah. loves beast claw at the moment, so every oh, single thing is yeah. like,
1: it's like, oh, beast claw, oh, beast claw. <laughs> yeah, they, so... they are good. Yeah. good. That's not you know. That's uh, um. Next question. Should we take that next we'll question.
2: That so, we Carbreaksper we're not answering. Uh, Theo Jansen, um, he's asking about some point stuff which we covered. We're not going to talk about. Um, Laurie, um, what's your favourite new scenario, and which one you won't, uh, you don't think you'll see at tournaments? Ignoring knife to the heart. I
1: have to remember the name. Is. I don't mind knife to the heart. I know it's a bit weird, but you know, ever since I beat Luke Morton at it, I quite like
2: it. <laughs> uh uh, uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all just gonna go to the book now. And go mm, that one. I, I, I mean i is, so I'll be mine now.
2: So, like, I think forcing the free. hand is my new favorite. I think that is gonna be really fun and interesting to play. Um, I also think it brings that extra level of selecting your primary objective um, is gonna add like a different, like, nuanced part to to the, the gameplay experience when you're at the table with your opponent. I think it's like another level to
1: just being able to walk across and you know kill your opponent. I thought yeah. you were going to go off meta and go total commitmentless because we all know that's No, so, mate, I, that's you know. the biggest fear in my entire like, life.
2: <laughs> yeah, being exactly. totally committed to anything <laughs> is like the biggest fear <laughs> that I have.
0: I like the blades edge. I think it's like it's it's so different. Um, I think it's super interesting. There's a lot of scenarios on the board, but they're going to start disappearing, and the way that they disappear is nothing like anything we've seen before. So, um, also that's the only one I've played, and I'm wildly informed about. So I picked that one.
1: Uh, well, cool. I'll go with Total Conquest because it's my my sort of go-to favorite in the last three handbooks. I think the, the change on the leader scoring extra points, I think it's going to be interesting because you'll be able to mitigate picking up an objective and losing it because if you pick up with a pick leader, right you've got two. They take it back off you. Without a leader, they get two, but you've just lost the leader. So it's... Yeah, kind of interesting, but then if you take one off of them with a big hero, like a big scary fighty hero, you've just scored three, so I think it's going to really mess around with that mechanic and things like um, big BT heroes uh, stonehorns, uh, and that might become more useful for, for that mission, so I think it's yeah. uh, it's an interesting um, take on that, I kind of wish it was left alone but at the same time, like, the heroes got an extra point is going to make that mission more interesting so
0: yeah they're also be, very yeah. different from
1: battle line right if you're yeah. you're pref- you're giving
0: battle line preference here and you're giving heroes preference there like if you're choosing battle line you probably want to choose a big blob if it's going to stay there and have to take hits and it just leads with you juggling like do you spend mm-hmm. 400 mm-hmm. points here or 400 points there
2: yes um, next okay. question <laughs> uh next question uh theo jansen um the uh Netherlands an ETC guy. Um how do you think GW should handle uh, armies falling way off the power level? And he gives an example with Gleam Spike Gits being, you know, uh having counters with anti-magic, uh small character and stuff like that. He said there's been no meaningful points drops with them.
1: It it's difficult because you know, we're not there to strategize for yeah. GW's game, but I think you know it's um it's hard to bring up a level in power by dropping points because basically all you're doing is spamming the board with more rubbish models. Um, yeah. so you know we had that in old editions of warhammer where like things like team kings and Bretonians got extra points uh and armies like demons and Darkers got less points and actually you find that you still lost it just took longer um yeah so even worse it's a very it's a very subjective opinion as well because you know you you have to base it really on data and and i won't go into Analytics of Warhammer because I think it's fundamentally flawed because there's not enough data it's to possible about yeah. yeah and there's not enough um, clean
0: it's there's too many variables the game that for influence us. yeah
1: exactly that yeah that I think you can't it's very difficult to say but I think the problem you've got especially with Gits is you lower the points of stuff you end up with five hundred models on the table, and then the game becomes you never finish a game and it's not fun. I mean they have that issue now. Oh yeah, they've already so, got fundamentally a problem.
0: They made they made them immune to battle shock and it's still not enough.
1: So those got gu- these ninety
0: guys that are there are dying half as fast as they would because mm-hmm. they're within the aura of the thing and they're still undercasted. What so you're gonna put hundred and twenty guys there that are still immune to battle line?
1: I think it's okay. a it's a very difficult balance to capture what an army does. Is it competitive in a meta that's always <laughs> shifting? And um, is it fun? So I think that, you know, uh, hopefully they'll be. I, I imagine that they're not trying to fix the world with points adjustments because it's not it's not possible, really. It's not the complete honest. picture, is it? No. 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 I mean, yeah. it's like trying to fix everything in a car with a hammer. Um, yeah. yeah. It ain't going to work, is it? You can just end up with one yeah. beat up car. I
0: went so. for a meal and my burger was bad. Cool. We'll charge you less for it. My burger was still bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. it, like, there's another side to it. I do think there are certain things where it's a, it's a nuanced answer, but it, it like if if they need to be brought down, yes, but that doesn't always fix everything. So with Mournfang, for example, they haven't been taken widely. They still, even with some changes, feel difficult. And I think you'd still see more of them on the like seeing two more of them on the table or lists leaning more towards taking them instead of this. It's not like a spammy thing. People might just choose to take two, units or six of them instead of. <laughs> Stonehorns, Well, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think there are definitely units that should be the recipients of a points drop, like things that work well fundamentally do their thing and maybe they are just a bit squishy so them being a bit cheaper is a thing and like no one's going to complain how long it takes to roll the attacks for six more than instead of five, for example but uh, generally speaking, I don't think it's as simple as just changing points No, Except, it's good to uh,
1: be careful as well because you, know, you might say no one takes this thing and you reduce it and then suddenly it's everywhere and and it's very hard then to put that back up because people have gone out and built Just lists around or, it or whatever yeah. so it's, no one's it's okay. so difficult i don't think there's a right answer basically no. so
2: um next one is lay Low the tyrants uh thoughts on realms being a core part of the game setup would you like to see them rotate these every year to showcase the many theaters of warm for each realm uh, for example, if one year is in Ashki, the Hammerhall-based uh, next year could be the Corn-based one, etc. What do you think about realms being part of like the a rotating thing? So, like it would be the next handbook. I assume she's what she's trying to say is the next handbook will be based around the Realm of Fire.
1: Do you think then it should be Realm of Shadow and Realm of Death? Um, well, I think I think what she's maybe saying is that the, the the each realm's rules maybe focus on an area of that realm so
2: oh, okay yeah
1: like you know if you've got like the the brimstone peninsula is the focus of ashki then next year it could be another area of ashki so i think it's quite a yeah. cool idea a cool idea what one of the interesting points and i'm uh, picking up on that is is being a core part of a core part of the game setup some people played realm rules as core setup from when they released i know some places didn't adopt it widely i'm not sure depending on what environment you're playing in um, I have no issue with realms like it, you know. I the issue I had with the previous realms is some of the stuff had such a big impact on the game yeah. that it, and it was very um, it could be a little bit like gotcha and there was a lot of information to read because you had it in the core book and you had it in malign sorcery and you had the magic laws and you had the artifacts so it layered on top such a vast amount of extra information that wasn't apparently obvious unless you knew oh, that's in the core book, that's in the Malign Sorcery book, that's yeah. in the handbook. And what I quite like about what they've done with the match play element is they've put it in one place. So if you if you want to play narrative or, or whatever, you can still use Malign Sorcery. You can still use Malign Sorcery spell laws. If you're a TO, to be honest, you could say, we're going to use Malign Sorcery artifacts. There's nothing to stop yeah. you doing that. It's not it's not no. like you're not forced to do anything. Like, as, as a TO, you could run, it's your hobby, do what you want. I think for me what's good about it is that it is very simplistic but it does have a nuance and i, I quite like the idea of changing the focus within the realm maybe on this you know i mean i know that one of the abilities is is about the necroquake um which is obviously yeah, quite was... strong in the law with bone reapers and what's been going on with um forbidden power and things like that so obviously nagash released the necroquake so i think in a, inherently when they write the handbook and they write the brown there might be a focus towards the story of how it's progressing anyway but yeah it's not a bad idea
0: I like okay. it. it, it doesn't change too much if it stayed like it was and every year each of those realms got refreshed because it's in this area of it or this area of it I think that's quite cool um, so
2: there's a couple more that are covering off stuff that we sort of touched on at the start um, we've got one from some Bremin, who's the the wonderful gent that ran the event in Belgium that I went to, and he's saying,
1: um, "General's handbook tournament packs, yes or no? Um, and what do you think of the secondaries?" We talked about that a lot. I think yeah. I'm I'm a big fan of having generic packs for people who who aren't experienced who yeah. want to run an event. Um, I think TOs will write their own packs anyway. Um, I don't think so. Anything in this book, it's not it's not dictating what you should do or what is right, what is wrong. It's just giving you yeah. a load of tools that you can use so if you want to use that tool you can use it you don't have to um i think as well it's quite nice that if the rules team are writing a pack um they're infinitely more and they're going to be adopted at gw events then i think that's a good thing because they're probably in a better place to write a rules pack than the events team because they're thinking more about the wider rules and they know the game more detailed um you know, and the events team can focus on the stuff around the event that yeah. is important it's for people to attend, point. rather than the rules, because the rules team has done the rules for them. So, I think it's uh, it's better to do that. Um, I'm not sure if that's what's going to happen, but that's just you know, I imagine they would adopt their own pack for their own events. But you um, hope so, yeah. Uh, and but like I say, like a TO, you could decide to use elements, not use it, do your own. So, personally, I think it's it's there's something wrong with it. In terms of yeah. secondary missions, like it. I think it's good. That's yeah. fine. I think it's cool.
2: Um, skipping up a few, um, we've got one from Tom Lees, which is, how much does potential fun and enjoyment come into your list-building process? Do you put any stock into how boring a list, maybe, if you're confident you can win with it? Now, before we get into this, I'll just say, if you go and ask your mate, James Tinsdale, is naming a character then make your list fun and enjoyable for your opponent, because that's all he's been doing for the last or you're just making, a having a selfie
0: with a knobhead make the game better?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so sorry Russ, carry on uh, do you think uh do you factor in fun enjoyment um with list build process um or does it matter if you think you'll win would you rather win than have you opponent have fun
1: no i i i would say that i want to write a competitive list that one i enjoy using with models i want to paint or play with but also one that isn't um, tricked out or boring so I mean, it's no secret, like, things like, it's for me, it's not, I'm a different place than I was probably 15 years ago. Um, But the point is, is that when you, when you, I play an army, I want to enjoy the experience of the game. But I also want my opponent to enjoy the experience of the game. Now, for example, if I'm playing Bone Reapers, I'm not going to put four catapults in my list. Because that's not, I don't want to paint four catapults. I don't want <laughs> to play with four catapults and I know my opponent ain't gonna want to face four catapults unless they're playing something like Eels or Muraffi and they don't care about it. Um I would never play I, I it's a shame that I might like an army, for example. I'm I'm not I don't, but I might like say if I like Fire Slayers and I wanted to be competitive, I might be forced to run that sort of list to be competitive, but I wouldn't. I would favor the Magma drop or something like that, but then I probably wouldn't play Fire Slayers at tournaments because I I would get frustrated with. Don't
0: you, they don't lean towards it's your idea of fun whilst being competitive, therefore,
1: yeah, not for you. So, like for me, even when I was running um, Sonesh, I used a little bit sort of weird stuff that you don't see, and and obviously using like Pretenders with Celeste rather than you know, double keepers in seek you know in you know those sort of things. But you did it with K- Hazard, like, like, didn't
2: you? You stayed away from claim car and stuff like that, didn't you? You went um
1: well I didn't when I went to the event because it was the only viable list, but the list that I was working on is a was a Barrett Mornar frigate list. Um yeah. so it was more about multiple multiple ships, but I just couldn't see it. The problem I had with Cradron is that I couldn't see a way to make it fun for my opponent because it was too focused on shooting. Uh, We're talking about the old book here, not the new, not the current one. Um, So I just decided that I didn't enjoy playing with them. And a lot of that came from the experience my opponent had on the other side, and I've been on the receiving end of it myself. So it does factor into my decision, uh, honestly, because I think as well... I like to try and set an example. I mean it's a very subjective thing. It's sort of like part of that question, do you put any stock in how boring a list may be? Yeah, I do, because I don't want to I don't care about winning and losing. It, I wanna win when I go to a game. I play to win, sure. Because I don't play to lose, but I don't want to win because the, but with something that's so boring and, and like I wouldn't play like change host back no. when back in the original Zinch book. I actually had a Zinch army and I was going to play Zinch, and then it went batshit, and I just put the whole army in a box and eventually sold it, and I never did it because I didn't want to play with it because it's boring, it's got a stigma, and I love the models. I love Zinch. Yes. It's one of my favourite Chaos Gods, but I wouldn't play it. No. So I'd, I'd, I can hand on heart say that it does come into my my thought process <laughs> quite heavily. What about I do you guys? Think, I do, like, having played some of the
0: lists that would be earmarked as boring... Um, some things can be more fun than they would seem, and some things can be less fun than they would seem. So um, a particular bugbear of mine is people taking multiple hordes. I, I've, uh, unless I'm confident that they're either going to disintegrate or obliterate someone fast, I don't like having more than one heavy duty block in terms of dice rolling in a list massively. And I played ETC. I did play a list that did a lot of dice rolling. And I'm aware how it was for me. I'm aware how it was for my opponents. Um, variety is interesting variety is fun running something that's different is fun um, but also learning is fun so that like selfishly not not about my opponent but I want to go into a game and be able to be like no I've made a mistake there I've got a bit better at using this I now know how to use fastcal better um I had a bear so I could look I could do this and maybe I'll apply that in the future you don't get to do that if you turn up with a gimmick so I got worse while I was playing the list that weren't fun and for me a lot of fun is. It's having an enjoyable experience, and a large part of that for me is learning and knowing that journey over destination. The next time I play, I've got a thing that I can apply. That's that's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm always about like how I'm getting somewhere, not getting there. Now that might change at ETC, but that's the um, that's the only exception for me. So learning that's is a, a really key to that, isn't it? Like, the ETC yeah, um, yeah. and if I played outside of tournaments, then I wouldn't have taken the list that I did take to tournaments. They are my in my practice and having played a really fun list recently the things that i think are fun and maybe it's a subject for a future podcast are like it, it's having too many things to try and remember is not fun you've already heard me moaning about that obviously i've got a low capacity as an individual anyway but having too many units that you aren't completely 100 percent familiar with that's not fun having too much maintenance of things that's not fun um and also rolling too many things again and again for little result is not fun and that goes for you and your opponent. So the bone splitter player. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't in that. The saving grace of okay. the bone splitter's list, I think, is that when anything touched it, it died. If a quarter of my opponent's army touched it, it died. And the, the games that ended up being super interesting were the ones where, I don't know, 30 plague monks and a vermin lord and two shooting units were left. And then they they completely killed me and I had to run to the right place and win by actually using my brain learning that's why i liked it and my opponents had more fun in those games as well um so yeah it does it does come into consideration but i think it ties in with more like what is fun also ties in with learning um and like variety and the journey and stuff like that too
2: i've been the same um i feel like you know obviously i've been playing fire slayers a lot recently most of last season and obviously with the etc and like if you know me you know that that is not the way i like to play at all um so like i took that army for the team event and i, I was playing it because of the team uh, i took Hollowheart uh, heart to Belgium. didn't enjoy it i like to play the way i like to play warhammer is fast hard-hitting combat and like the it's the opposite of what the list that i've been playing lately so for me i try and factor in as much fun as i can because it's like you know it's quite a time intense hobby we spend a lot of time painting we spend a lot of time gaming why not factor in the fun element and i've always found that one of the big reasons that people hated playing against the fire slays and why it was such an egregious thing for people to play against was not that i was coming across the table and fighting because everyone likes to fight they don't feel so bad if they get to kill stuff in retaliation it was the fact that whatever i touched i killed and whatever they threw at me died so it was that was the the, the thing that they didn't enjoy in the game so yeah i think you need to factor in the a what you get out of it enjoyment wise um, and understand that what your opponent's not going to enjoy when they play it. Like, you know, it's how many times have, like, you know, we played rest and, you know, you didn't, uh, you said you didn't like the Fire and Tinsdale said the same thing. Like, you know, it's just a very horrible thing to do. And it's... You know Byron, for instance, like when we played at the the final before I went home because I'd, I'd done my backing. It was like I'm going to try and shoot off your heroes. If I don't shoot off all your heroes, then it's you I win because I just push what's left into your army and kill you. Yeah, yeah. you shot off all the heroes and then you managed to shoot off all of the unit, which was yeah. you know it it was like a flip of a coin
0: almost on dice rolls. Yeah, so, I think when you have more fun as an individual, you you are more fun for your opponent as well. Um, like that's the thing. Like Les sitting down with Halohar. Let's take that example. He knows it's a it's a it's like it's a bullcrap army that is going to come across to his opponent. Whereas if you bounce up to the table and you're like, I am super psyched to play these two Star Drake's and these 20 Judicators, and it's like it's cool and cohesive, but it's not that good an idea, but I love it. Like That is going to come across to your opponent. Um, also, if you're sticking with the same list, like Fire Slayers or whatever, if you were like, I love the idea of Fire Slayers, but I don't want to do that. I'm going to spend the next six months trying to make Fire Slayers work in an unconventional manner. That's when you grow real love for an army. Like, Russ has done this with yeah. most armies, but Death in particular. Like there is such thing as a Rust TM list that involves six spirit hosts and Arcan and a load of other things that he really likes, and he's grown to love that by trying to make something that isn't a cookie cutter list work. Same with my order. Like I yes. thought that was crap before I started. It turned out to be really good, but I was fiercely passionate about making that army work because I was invested. Same when we were Stormcast,
2: right? I mean, the most enjoyable tournament that I can say from last year was Blood and Glory when I took Skyborne Slayers to Stormcast. Exactly, to Blood and Glory, and yeah. I felt like I could have won any of the games that I lost, and really, really enjoyed the process. But that's you probably learned
0: hard. a lot more as well, right? Like you came yeah, out like, like full of ideas. Yeah, it
2: was, and I actually like you know, which is quite nice actually because it can lead on to the next sort of like segue with um, the next question we've got, which is um, skipping a few up with ideas wise. Um, Donald's asking, like, well, who do you think the biggest winners and losers are from the Generals' handbook with the points change? And I personally think that Stormcasts with their points changes are going to see a bit more on the table. I think that they're going to be, admittedly, like, you know, there's been, like, you'd lost some of the key battalions that I used to run. But I think that there's, you, you get a
1: lot more in the Stormcast army
2: you now. So that's my biggest thing. I'd like to see a few more Stormcasts on the
1: table. I think, um, for me, there's, um, there's a lot of winners and losers. I mean, obviously... We're recording this before any sort of FAQ update PDFs got out, and we're going to do another show once, you know, if, that's, if it's released on that. Um, but for me, probably one of the biggest changes that I can see is um, Nurgle. Um, I yeah. think the scenarios lead themselves to Nurgle, they're a bit more central. Um, there's a bit more emphasis on survivable battle line and heroes. Um, you know, freisfold Nurgle has that in abundance. Um, fleshy abundance, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> I think Nurgle are going to be a, a new, uh, I see a little bit of a resurgence. I mean, they're a fun army anyway. They're good to play. They've got a lot of options and um, particularly with some of the stuff that's come out in like the slaves to darkness book and and there's a cup i think there's the is it wrath of the ever chosen is that the book there's a yeah, say, yeah. there's some with the there's
2: some, chaos um, stuff like
1: yeah so there's some extra stuff in there um some extra formations and things like that so i think the the kind of um nurgle will come back into it and i think you know say your storm have had sort of big reductions haven't they and so many um, stars in that section of the book yeah, I, um, and, uh, I think it'll
2: make a difference. I'm, uh, I've been looking at them, I think, you know, because if I do end up playing a tournament in the Lumina aren't ready, then it'll be my Stormcast that I'll be going to. Um, so going to have a, have a nose. I do think there's definite changes there. What, what about you, Byron? What do you think so far?
0: So there's a, there's a few things. I'm jumping this. I've just seen loads of stars in Gloom Um and I'm not massively familiar with their points beforehand, but I'm pretty sure that um, things have got slightly cheaper uh on not the like the fundamental you spam them core units but on different options uh trolls have changed a little stuff like that um i'd love to like i love troll armies i think they're amazing i think they're really cool and the fact that you get a few more bodies in there um is a really really good idea i reckon i'm super down with that um things have like i think a lot of sensible changes have been made that aren't going to change things massively but should just rebalance them so for example yeah. if someone was all about taking these characters because they were too much of a bargain and it i've not even looked at FEC yet but that this is the army that i'd use the example of so i wish that i'd researched this before i started talking um <laughs> if you look at that for example if they redistributed it so um the heroes were a bit more expensive, and then things like crypt horrors or ghouls or whatever that just disintegrate, actually putting them on the table at the start of the battle instead of taking these heroes and summoning them, if that had become more viable, that would be really cool. Um, so that's that's the type of changes that I like to see. I've not seen anything that jumps out to me and then like, Byron, you are taking this army now, because this has changed, apart from the Troggers, which I just, I've just i loved those models for forever, and spiders and all that stuff. So doing a proper beastie-gribbly um, clam list would be really cool. Um, and then yep. I suppose
2: going to the like the the last kind of question, I think because we've been on talking about these for a while now um Steve follows has asked um are Beast Raiders the new pairhase with monster units that are also battleline you can get up on vp's early game stick around with two saves and the abilities to heal what do you think
1: I think they're a good they're a good army um they've yeah. been doing quite well at events and um <clears throat> yeah, I think the scenarios help them um some of the some of them. Not so much, some of them more. Um, I think they've lost some of their power by not being able to take Realm Artifacts because, you know, a thermal rider Stonehorn was a lot better than a non thermal rider stonehorn. Stonehorn. Um, but yeah, I think they're decent. I mean, like they're an army that I, I like and I've played and I enjoy playing with them. So I, I think they can be you've got, competitive. Uh,
2: so. You've got like a, a Beast Claw Raider force still, haven't you? You haven't sold that
1: one. No, I took it to um yeah. Tomlin's event just before lockdown as well. So Oh yeah, the, um, I didn't did go very well with I, that. So, it was- uh, so um I think it's uh I think it's quite it's quite good. So um yeah, I mean Beastcore score is solid. I'll say if you're excited about playing Beastcore, Steve, do a B-score, I mean, because it sounds like <laughs> you want to. So Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> also when you're um, coming back to the UK. Exactly. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he's ever coming back though. No. Um poor poor drink drink for Steve. So, I, I think, but, um, like, end of the day, like, the, the, well, in terms of like armies, what I like about the handbook is that these little adjustments, like, I just looked at the Nighthorn changes, there's lots of changes in Nighthorn. So, you might suddenly find new lists using formations or using, like, you know, like, Reikner becomes more, um, you know, you might say that Kurdos Valentin's more, more um, uh, viable because he's cheaper, then, like, people's command points are more precious. So, he becomes more impactful. You might say that Lady Alinda's got cheaper. You might say yeah. that, okay, Hex have got cheaper, so we're going to run a Hex Ray from Black Coach Formation. So the there's so many... they
2: dropped? Because we never seen like any Haradins on the table.
1: because they're awful. Yeah. Um, they, so know, I thought they had they, like, loads of attacks, uh, uh, but they, they just, just... I hate the models, so... I, I, <laughs> but, um, they look like a cross between um, a Termigan and a and a Banshee, and that just doesn't really... <laughs>
2: Because I always thought them. that they seemed like they could be potentially good with just the sheer volume of attacks, but it's. problem is for
1: me, like, I look at those and then I look at like the Blade Geist Revenants. And I say cool looking, like ethereal dudes with massive swords or yeah, these Banshee Weird, women banshee with like yeah. talents. And I, I, I just go to the swords every time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're okay. I, f- I don't know if they've changed. They probably have. Um, I just, just wasn't sure, like, because you have the point set in front of you. Sorry. I just at no, people. I didn't have it in front of me, but. It's, uh, uh, I do have it in front of me now. So Haradins, you're talking about, yeah, they've come down. Yeah, so, yes. yeah, so I don't they're know. 70 I think that... points now for five rather than, I think they were 80. They might have been 90 before that. So um, not a great but, yeah. deal. Berlinda's guess... come down. Kurdos has come down. Um, I think the the Black coach has come down a little bit. I think as well, like in death, Manfred and um, Fordray, yeah. uh, Neferata have dropped as well. Okay. And yeah, Arkan's Arkan's significantly, so Arcan is now more expensive than Manfred or Nefrata. Um, so my boy, so yeah, it's uh, it might be, to be interesting good. to try and write a legion list that I think is, is good. But, um, for me, if I'm right, if I'm if I was going to do a new army based on the new handbook, I would be leaning towards the Nurgle route. I think
2: well, we can cover all those when we do our lists, can't we?
1: Yeah, I'll do that in the next show. We'll write a list yeah, of the list. army that we want to play in the new handbook. So yeah. I want to make
0: rogue idols work, but I'm not sure if I'm overly optimistic there. That that's me trying to push fun over performance, possibly too hard. But, <laughs> I'll do that with be my fun and
1: get screwed. That that kind of that kind of thing is good. Like I, that's something I enjoy. Like I'll write a list centred around a concept. Yeah. A bit like when I do a hobby project, I might focus it around a new medium or a new technique. Yeah, and It's the same thing. The enjoyment I get from planning and executing something isn't so much about, uh, it goes back to the other question, it's not about winning. It's about taking something I want to use or do and trying to make that effective because and that best, journey yeah. and that discovery and that learning yeah. and that application is more fun than going, what did so-and-so take to this event can I dip it in bronze seal And can I chuck it on the table and win a three out of five games because I'm not as good as that person? I've never played with it before. Yeah. And did my opponent hate playing me because I put a hollow heart list and they wanted to put their fingers through their eyes to enjoy the game. <laughs> so actually, I don't enjoy any of that process. I'm painting models I don't want to paint. I'm playing a list that I haven't come up with. I'm My opponents aren't enjoying themselves and I didn't win. So what's yeah. the point? Yeah. So
0: I'm gonna yeah. try and make rogue idols work or something on that theme. <laughs> the uh, it seems they've been hit unnecessarily with a bat because no one was going and winning an event with two or more rogue idols. Um so points get very tight if you do want to take three, and then you end up with thirty-five models on the table, thirty of which disintegrate. But um I had I had the most fun trying to magic my manage phase my magic phase, uh trying to prioritize who I charged into, who I fought with first. Who i buffed who i didn't buff that type of thing it felt like a really lovely list so i'm not sure if i'll end up somewhere in the middle with like two rogue idols and a big block of 30 guys and some big stabbers or something like that but i've got a lot of the models done already and i've got a way to make that army happen quickly so i would like to start something new and that could be the starting point for it
2: i am um, i think i'm going to look at stormcast just because i think like the drops in paladins and stuff like that uh like excite me yeah. um you know i know they're not as like bang for buck as like evocators and stuff like that but I, I do feel that um that you may have the option to see more of them on the table i think that's what i like to focus on i mean i can do like lumen f but like that's all quite not not as relevant now like i think uh maybe do a couple of stormcast lists because i know that book inside a by back to front so
0: you could also go i know it's not the way you played it before but in cities there's some lists with stormcast that are super interesting and you could take like three quarters of them. <laughs> yeah. Three quarters of the points on the table could be stormcast as well.
2: Yeah, it's I it, for me. I've never really enjoyed that like element. Like, I guess it maybe you probably find a more competitive build in a city's book um, using stormcast and then using uh, you know your allies and stuff like that to create a uh, you know screens or like objective scores. But I think for me, I've always wanted to. I'm always quite pure. but I'd rather just do if I'm going to do stormcast, I'll do a stormcast book on a yeah. list in a book because that's what like speaks to me as opposed to I'm gonna take a Living City Stormcast list with bits and pieces, um, you know, to to counter the fact that I'm low model um, king. Okay. but I don't know, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at it. Like We've got a bit of time to look at it and I'll, I'll I'll have a think and consider it and stuff. And and Russ has Russ has already said here that he's gonna make the next tournament winning Legion of Nagash list, right?
1: Uh well I can try and make it. <laughs> I, really, I don't think it'll be tournament winning, but um <laughs> I'd be interested I I think like i mean it, a lot of it comes in what i'm excited about personally as well so with legion in the gash i've played a lot of it so i'm not my head isn't in that space at the moment so my my head space is more in like or war clan iron jaws and um nurgle so those are the two armies i'm thinking about um and you know i've done i've got a bone reaper army um and you know maybe I'll, I'll 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 go back to them and look at what happens to them if there's any changes in the in the update and stuff. But I don't know, um, really. I, the thing is, again, I said on the last show is I don't know when we're going to be gaming again. Particularly me because I don't have club. I don't play outside of events really. So if I'm not going to be gaming until January next year, then it's kind of a long way off, you know. So I can start to plan and I think what do I want to do? I've already got an Urgle army. But I've got kits sitting around that I haven't painted. So I've got I've got some I've got some more rockbringer stuff that I haven't done. And I've only got one great and clean one. So maybe I think I'll do an extra couple great and clean ones. Maybe I'll paint the um the Pascal Blight Lords. You know, maybe I'll look at Blight Cyst or Affliction Cyst, something like that, you know, as a list basis. I've got a the Foot Hero Um uh which Lord of Blights that I haven't painted. Yeah, um I've got a gut rot spoon I haven't painted, which I really like, the model. Um And I'm so, thinking, um, yeah, I've got Halticus is, is painted to a point because yeah. I had to do it for when Nigel took him to Six Nations. He borrowed mine, my Nurgle, yeah. so I, I I did him up for that. But um, you've
2: got all I those think, options for the uh, Warriors you can add in as well, haven't you? Like that's what. Well, exactly. It. It's like the new Warrior kits and like Chaos Knights in Nurgle theme. Like you exactly. can convert them. I mean, they're quite small, so I'm not sure how you could put a Blight Lord on top of it. But um, where well, you know, like, the
1: Blight. The blight king sprue's got so many weapons and heads and extras. It's, no cool. it it's such fun. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what what I'd like. There are hundreds of options with that book that I can look at, um, and with the adjustments on the points as well, it opens up a lot more lists. Um, particularly about around the formations, which then allow you to get double artifacts, and you start running like Witherstave and Rustfang together and stuff like that. So you can start to look at more. Viable options. um So, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I think from the changes in the handbook, because they've been influenced, and maybe Nighthaunt as well, those two have been heavily impacted. Um, the only difference for me is that I don't particularly enjoy playing with Nighthaunt because it's a lot of um, models and a lot of dice rolls and a lot of um, leaning over the table and moving f- and a lot of survivability for not a lot of effect. Whereas, at least with Nurgle, you've got that explosive damage you can do with combos like. Um, Got more you know, related oh, to okay. and things like that, and uh, yeah. the models are less models, so it's less models to move around and less breaky like as well. Right? Like, so and also, to fall over, than on top heavy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it, there's there's swings and roundabouts, but I mean, I might have a look at a Legion list, but I I don't. For me, like, I would come back to Legion later. I think this season I probably won't touch Legion. They're just just be, not because if I think they're really bad, but it's just because they're not where my head's at so I've I had a, a period when I was playing a lot of legion and so I could only play one army at an event so I yeah. just have to decide where I'm going with that and so in six months time my opinion might be completely changed And I might be totally excited about something else I mean I could probably tell you it's not going to be Hollowheart heart or um fire slayers but you know that's that's no spoiler there so you never, know. Uh, you never know I started writing msu fire slayers I'm
0: still trying to work out how to make it work uh, <laughs> I'd rather play an MSU Coradron, so uh, yeah, that's. Uh, oh,
2: yeah. I keep looking at the Coradron book.
0: I, I, I really,
2: really like that. Oh, book, the Caradron book. Oh, yeah. I think that there's definitely something there.
0: I just can't quite. I don't know if it's going to be tournament winning, but I think you could have a lot of fun with it. Oh, uh, the, bu- so. the bubbles were the best thing. When I played my last event with the mixed um, cities list, my two units of three bubble men were the hardest things to use right and had the most potential in
1: my entire army. And they felt like. You would love trying to make them work, basically. Yeah, I think the um, the KO, they're a, a book that I think if you took a lot of time with a Nuanced, you could probably do quite well with them, but they could take a lot of effort. And I don't yeah. think many people want that. They want the quick fix, the quick win, tell me how to play it, tell me what wins. You, yeah. know, you tell me what the best list is, and I'll I'll build it and paint it and then realize that I haven't grown as a player or, as, or enjoyed the process because it's not my process and I'm emulating, you know. It's, I find it a lot more fun to um, find your own path than it is to follow somebody else's. Uh... It's like I lost loads of games with Hollowheart, right? Because it just
2: doesn't suit my style of gaming at all. Like it's not, it isn't inherent to how I play the game of Warhammer. And so yeah. that, like, you've given me a tournament winning list, and I've lost games of it that I should have. That somebody like Tom would have won because he would have made the right decisions. I think there's a lot to be said with taking something you love and then playing it a Plus lot you... until you get.
1: Got to be lucky. It. Like he, yeah. he, blood and glory. If he had a different matchup, if he got drawn against a different army, he would have lost. Well, if he got
2: drawn against a nice guy, one slayers, I think at that point, because I drop him, I think you go in. I, I think
1: I may have beat him. I think anyway. like an eel list would beat him. Yeah, and he just avoided the eel list, and then yeah, my list is like a gift wrapped. Although I was playing like a corn list, Korn. which you know, all, all, like all my effective shit. ranges is less than his gun range. So basically, I'm, I'm screwed anyway spells or no spells, so it's probably the most boring game of Warhammer I've played and I've played against Fire Slayers twice. So you know it's uh I don't know, more than twice, but you know that that particular list. I mean even like when I was at the ETC and playing combat sonesh against a Fire Slayer army I can't fight. It's like well that's not fun for anyone and I'm not saying that having a Slesh army delete you in a turn is fun, but you know at least uh you know you are both find, having fun together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, both, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so but I think yeah. at least when you um like when I play like Gristle Gore versus Sanesh or Corn versus Sanesh, it's quite an interesting game because you've both got those that kind of explosivity and damage, and it's all combat based. And there's a lot of nuances around the pile-ins and the the distancing, and and it becomes a lot more interesting. So naturally, on its own, those lists could be quite polar. And I think that's the thing when you write an army list if you if you specialize it so heavily, you right. will have that. You will have that experience either one way or the other. So either you will, but I what my my issue is is that if I can't write a balanced list that can deal with an army, I don't, you know, even through good play or sort of favorable scenario or luck, then I I have a fundamental issue with that list because I think it's not, you know, I mean, an eel list fundamentally is a, is a is a very specialized polarized list. Yeah, but I've never gone to a table with my army and thinking. I'm not going to be able to compete against it it might be difficult it might be harder than usual than another army but I when I've played against fire slayers I, and sometimes with a mission you think I literally cannot win this game and for me that's you might as well not play warhammer you might as well just play top trumps and I think that's the problem uh and those sort of things hopefully get addressed with you know faqs and handbooks and and things like that so that's why I like the handbook generally because it I think that's it, why you know, know sort those things out
0: so I think that's why you're going to end up playing OBR again this year, because there's about 70 viable, like, balanced varied lists in there that can deal with pretty much anything else in the game. It's a ridiculous book for that. I don't think anything OBR is are great. I mean, I they're a fantastic the government, government or but, under, um Pointed grossly, they're awesome.
1: No, they're no, great. Um, I think I think that the... I don't know if I'll play again this year because I don't think I'll be at an event this year, but um, I might play in odd odd game around my house with somebody but i i'm leaning away from obr anyway just because i'm not that's not my focus at the moment you know i'm not not thinking about them yeah i do like i I always want to do a more crusher build so i did have a a double more crusher list i was i was toying with but then i dropped that more crusher for a rogue idol so i've got an idol and a more crusher in my list so let's uh there you go but anyway i think that probably wraps up this edition of General's Habit. No, no, people probably a bit disappointed. We've not gone through all the points in detail, but you know, you've got the book. You can look at them yourselves. But I think next show what we'll do is we'll write a list based in the new environment of the scenarios and the points that we would want to play for this season um in a faction and why we've done it. Uh and then we'll talk through a bit like we did on the Luminef show when we talked about the great nations and which ones we want to play and, and, and how that goes. So Hopefully that'll be an interesting journey. Um, I'm probably, spoiler, going to do a Nurgle list, but um, I don't know yet. Might change that.
2: See what Terry does as well. Like if Terry's going to do a Nurgle list, like maybe do something, maybe you'll pick something different. If you and Terry both do a Nurgle list, it'll be, because I imagine Terry will just do a variation of his Thricefold, won't he? Yeah. Whereas I would um, be doing more
1: Rockbringer-focused army. Yeah.
2: So maybe. I think I'll look at Stormcast. I think that'll be, um, I think I'll, I'll have a refined Leemaneth list, and I'll have a, a Stormcast one. I can't make mind the so
0: I'll do something.
1: Yeah, well, you don't have to commit now. So we'll, we'll, but we'll have some this. I might do two. I might do one, two anyway. So, um, yeah. But anyway, uh, thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube or listening, if you're for yeah. the traditional method of face hammer uh, yeah. content digestion. If you're watching us on YouTube, please comment below. We'll read all of them. Let
0: us know what you think, what you'd like us to cover, yeah. um, what you're doing currently. If you think we missed anything, if you like the format, if you don't like the format, we'll read all of it and take it on board.
1: Thanks, guys, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Just see you. Bye bye. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore we hope you enjoyed the show if you'd like to give us some feedback we'd love to hear from you thanks for listening